All right, the amazing thing about what we're doing here is we are um, creating a new um, opportunity for well-being. And what I love about everybody checking in uh, is that you all have such different experiences that you're bringing to the table, such interesting backgrounds, whether you came from nursing or teaching or whether you went through a more energetic Devanati program or you went through uh, Radiant Life or you went through Yoga Center of Minneapolis or you're actually working and as activity leaders in the residencies that were, um, might take yoga to, um, the residences. Uh, I wrote down some notes as you are all kind of talking. You can use yoga and chair yoga as a take five office break. You can use it not just for injuries. Um, you can use it for actual people who are coming to a yoga class and then do something that's very chair-oriented. You can use it in lifestyle centers for the residents. But what I'm finding is interesting is that you can use it for the caretakers just as much as you can use it for the patients. And we're finding a lot of times that you all are doing the stuff with the residents, which in turn is calming your disposition, taking you into self-care, relaxing, and allowing you to be really chill so that you can be an effective and productive worker and have focus and clarity. And that's really important because we see this as something that can only be taught to the residents. And we see this as only like chair yoga is only for people who are injured or older. But it can be used in schools. It can be used so many different places in so many different um, manners and are, is extremely ooh, effective to, uh, to everyone who partakes in it. So it is really a new opportunity for well-being. Strong Spirits Mindfulness and Movement Program, which is what this program manual is called, it was created um, in, um, you know, mid, uh, like, I would say, like, 2010. But um, the University of Minnesota created a, a study on it in 2014. And we did a whole year-long study on it um, through a facility that I work with and the University of uh, Minnesota Center for um, Healing. Um, and now it has a new name, but the Center for Spiritual and Healing implemented this program with me, and um, we used it in a memory care unit. Who said there? Yeah. So in a memory care unit, and um, it was really tailored to the residents there from the existing material that I already had created. They took data and compiled information and observed um, people in the living community, and they found that it was feasible, safe, and calming for the residents. There's so many positive effects to the mindfulness and component. Um, they improved balance, and all of this is in your manual. They improved mobility in their population. They had so many positive impacts with cognitive functioning, and especially fatigue with all the breath work. And what was really interesting, because they felt less anxious from the breath work, they started taking less meds, mm -hmm. which is huge. Because mm -hmm. now we've got a positive perspective prescription, right? A positive prescription for a purposeful pause. I loved how some of you cued in your breathing, take your hand to your tummy or fill your belly up because when we are anxious and stressed, and this will be in the breathing portion of our um, discussion and our manual, we really only hold that stress and tension and breath in the top 30% of our breathing capacity and we don't take that deep diaphragmatic breath. And that's what's calming and grounding because it engages our parasympathetic nervous system. And that's our hope, right? And the research everywhere is really in its infancy, but it's getting bigger on chair yoga. 
the reason that I call this strong spirits mindfulness and movement when you're going to teach it if you want to call it that is because it doesn't say yoga mm -hmm. right people are still a little apprehensive of yoga but also it could be just mindfulness one day it could be movement the entire day it could be laughter yoga which is great because it gets you into that diaphragmatic breath um, and and so with this research being it's in, in its infancy and calling it not chair yoga, but just kind of like more of a strong spirits practice, um, some of the research has been done by Mayo Clinic. And they've been saying that the modified chair poses can help seniors and people with chronic pain improve their quality of life, lower their blood pressure, improve their sleep patterns, and manage depression. And that's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. um, it's gentle and it's safe. They're uh, boosting their immune system. Same benefits that you would give to any yoga practitioner is happening when you're doing ch chair yoga. Um, alleviating arthritis. We're going to do some really fun stuff to keep Arthur at bay. <laughs> Arthur. Uh, we're going to talk about um, how you can improve balance sitting in a chair just by finding alignment in the sp spinal column. Um, one thing that I really like is that you alleviate um, constipation. There's a lot of poopy problems that happen. And, well, with kids, we talk, you're laughing, but it's so true, it's right? True. Yeah. Um, with kids, uh, I, we always kind of want to communicate, as you know, as teachers um, and educators, is that your brain, really, your second brain is in your tummy. We started off as this pretty little embryo and then we blossomed and flowered and opened up, which means that our head and our heart and our tummy are all integrated. They come from the same cell, you know, they just blossomed and opened so that we can really tell a lot if someone's holding on or constipated in their thought and their minds and in their um, expression. It might be poopy problems. It could be because you're taking too many meds and then all of a sudden it's just like stuck. And that's why all of these twists, these side body stretches, the six directions that our body moves in and can still move in in a chair, uh, whether it's um, yoga on a mat or yoga in a chair, you're still going to get uh, alleviating the constipation. And then the improved um, sense of body awareness translates into increased confidence and the ability to get around without falling which is huge, mm -hmm. especially with the hips and the knee and the, the issues that start to happen if you keep people in a chair for too long. What I also loved about um, this program, uh, because the manual itself was created for my mother who has a degenerative disease, and I wanted her to keep doing stuff as she was going through this process. So, you know, yeah. family members, people who feel like they can't do yoga, it's great. And when we started to do the research years later after I had created the manual, I had been teaching, but I had never really spent so much time with one specific community teaching chair yoga. I was just kind of going into different facilities. So the cat lady, she at first did not want to start doing chair yoga. In the, some facilities you can have pets in their memory care units. And she was really, really frustrated and upset that she had to come out of her room without her cats and do this practice with everybody. She didn't want to talk to anybody. She just wanted to be there. Her, her attitude was completely negative. And then the next thing you start realizing and noticing in her is as the days and sessions came on and it was a weekly session, she started to get a little bit lighter in her disposition. 
and she was more excited to come to class. And then she stopped talking about her cats, and she was worried about the people who weren't there for the day, who missed it. And then she'd be like, oh, where's so-and-so? How come he's not here today? Which she never wanted to engage with anybody else. So it really does increase the positivity mode or aspect of a human being when you get into the simple movements and work the neurological pathways in your bodies. So it's pretty awesome, and that made me very happy. So it was a productive research study, um, and um, I'm excited to share it with you all. Uh, now, what I would like to do before we go any deeper, since you've checked in, I would like to go through and, uh, before I hand out the manuals, and do a really simple visualization to allow you to ground down into your truth and get prepared to do a lot of moving, because now we're going to go through the whole manual and get prepared to just be present in your experiences. How does that sound? Great. Great. So we'll take everything and move it away from our uh, chairs and come into a comfortable seat. Once again, uh, for those of you who uh, weren't here before, sometimes we may need to uh, prop our feet up. There's blocks and bolster bolsters. Um, in a little storage unit uh, uh, outside of this room that I can show you if you need it. You can roll up your mat if you have your mat here. There's some um, pillows if you want to use them to put underneath your feet. But we really want to just find ourselves really comfortable and relaxed as we get prepared for a visualization experience, allowing us to kind of ground down in our truth and uh, break new ground for um, opening up our hearts, our bodies, and our minds for today. Yeah. Uh, so you have these awesome manuals in front of you, but how did you like to bring your attention to the experience? How did you like to uh, kind of ask yourself that question in the visualization, what's your intention or how you want to show up for the workshop today? Does that feel good? Yes. Grounding? Yes. Uh, a lot of times I definitely do do those kind of things at the beginning at the end of class for the um, students that we're going to work with, whatever location that you're in. But the idea of self-study is huge, svadhyaya in Sanskrit. And as we bring ourselves and our attention fully to the experience today, I really want to make sure that you um, stay and are present kindly to yourself with non-judgment and that visualization also is really to kind of um, show you that you already know this stuff <laughs> it's already within and I want you to contribute to the wholeness and well-being of yourself but also contribute to the whole being and wellness of this group so make sure you share your intention make sure you um, you know ask questions this is definitely not a monologue it's like a co-collaborative space. I want to make sure that we do that. And we're setting our um, chairs in a circle uh, so that we can um, see each other. But we are also um, using the chair in a circle to kind of show how this is how we set up our classes. 
it's always nice to have them in a circle, even at a school setting. And I know sometimes you can't change it, but when you have a circle, it gives a little bit more continuity to the class. You can see everybody. You can help maybe um, move them into a comfortable position that they might not be in. You can just see more stuff happening. Uh, it also gives a new perspective because um, did you notice how uh, when we did our opening um, breathing work practice and taught each other that you all got really uncomfortable when we stared at you and said, very good, very good, yay, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're not really good at self-care or taking that like praise or having people like really be receptive. And just like in a nursing home facility or any kind of um, environment, even in an education environment, a lot of times we get really introverted, right? We get introspective and we feel like we're all alone. So by creating this circle, it makes you feel a little bit part of everything else. You can laugh. And you can cue, like, make a funny face with the person across from you. You can cue, take a deep breath, and then share it with the person across from you. So there's a lot of different ways that we're going to work on today, gaining a fresh perspective. Um, and another reason we did that intention and talked a lot about bringing your attention to the experience and yourself fully was because... Um, Mindfulness, since you studied mindfulness also, Catherine. Um, mindfulness is all about being in your body, feeling your feels. And we're really good as human beings to be human doings. <laughs> we're like little robots. Here we go. We're going to go and do all of this stuff. And then we don't um, pay attention into that joyful insight and um, be um, human. And we're not robots and we're not um, people who just are all left brain. This manual was created with my left brain, <laughs> right? But the experiences that we're going to hang out and do are very much right brain. And I want you to be really creative and I want you to know that as I share things, please share also your ideas, your thoughts, contribute. As I show you something, say like, oh, well, wow, this makes me think of blah, blah, blah. And that's why we could actually do this too. Because you all have such amazing experiences and diverse backgrounds. And even though like I created a manual and it's like a book that's copyrighted, it doesn't really mean that I created life or yoga or your experiences and what you can bring. And that's really huge. Um, by trade, I'm a product designer. And I always am really interested in developing and creating new things and seeing how each experience that we have in teacher trainings evolve and change. By passion, I'm a yoga teacher, which means that I get um, to um, be the purveyor of the oxygen cocktail because when I was a teenager, it helped me. It was the elixir that allowed me through breath and movement to stay grounded and be a whole person, right? Through the um, time as my life has evolved, I have been really fortunate to have a career as an industrial designer, a product designer, but then also be able to continue my passions. So in 2001, 2000, I um, was teaching unofficial yoga, and I thought, oh, it would be really fun to take a sabbatical for my job and go get a um, and go to a teacher training as a retreat. 
Uh, okay, so this is a nine-week retreat that I went on. And it was really intense, and it was really hard, and it was fun, and it was so eye-opening and enlightening. And I thought, oh, I'm going to come back and be a yoga teacher because I went there just to know that I was going back to my career. And I'm still on sabbatical <laughs> and still teaching and still doing all of this really fun stuff. I have several 500-hour teacher trainings under my belt, like meaning that I've taken them myself, and I keep with that hashtag of live to learn. But I also am a registered school, 200 and 500 ERYT and a YACEP. So you can get credits as a nurse. You can get credits and you can um, you know, use these because of the education experience that I have from Yoga Alliance. Um, so as we go through this manual, um, to kind of, we're working with um, a new opportunity for well-being for an aging population is kind of the focus. Mm -hmm. But I use this in every single place that I teach, whether it's with kids in offices, giving a, a lecture or presentation. I start with a chair yoga stretch to get people to embody themselves, just like the opening visualization that we did together. Um, where I uh, had you do that body scan and pay attention to your experience. So many people are running around not being human beings. We're being uh, doings and doers, and lots of stuff can get done, but we're leaving a whole part of ourselves behind. So I'm really excited to go through all of this stuff and um, uh, allow us to kind of work together to tap into our strong spirits and tap into the next phase of, um, I think, what's happening in the yoga world. Uh, some of you come from the energetic space, right? And you're studying like um, at different kinds of studios that we're all rising. As we drop into awareness, as we breathe, we're all starting to rise and elevate where we can bring a yoga and a movement practice into an activity group at a facility. We just don't have to call it yoga, but we're still activating the nerves. We're still activating positivity through the breath. We're still teaching others how to live body, heart, and mind integrated and whole. And that's what makes a strong spirit. And so here we are. The uh, program in and of itself is very similar to what the psychological benefits of physical activity states um, through the CDC. So for people who are like really like rigid and thinking, um, you know, this is not a, a, a wellness discipline that I can bring in, you can really kind of start looking on the internet and find all kinds of things about how um, chair yoga is uh, very comparable to lots of other um, standards that we have in our culture that we're trying to keep up with. Um, what I'd love for all of you to do is start to move towards more of the introduction area of the manual. And I just want to check one thing and then we will, I will also turn to it. When we take and kind of go through this and turn to uh, page 
eight, we have this awesome uh, little kind of thing that talks about what is yoga. And what is great about um, the way that this manual is laid out is that it's created for people who've never done yoga before and don't know what the heck it is. That's huge because I want yoga to be really tangible. And um, does anybody know what the word itself yoga means? To yoke. To yoke, no. right? Uh, anybody else? That's great, yeah. Mm -hmm. You want me to flush it out a little bit? Sure, I love that. Yeah, uh, breathe into bring, it. To yoke means to bring together mind, body, and spirit. I yeah. usually say bring together your mind, body, and spirit mm -hmm. in the greatest expression of who you were meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I usually say you're meant to be unconditional love. Nice. Yeah. And for people who might not be into those kind of yeah. words, right? <laughs> No, because we have to kind of like figure, like, what's the other kind of like group of demographic? Because everybody comes from such different walks of life. Yeah, I talk about how it does bring your mind and body together. Mm -hmm. And I heard such a great um, description of this in a class once, where we can mind travel, you know, with our mind. We can go in the past with our mind. Mm -hmm. We can go in the future with our mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But we haven't yet been able to time travel with our body. Mm. Right. So if we can yoke our mind, our thoughts to our body, mm. that will keep us in the present. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was just such a beautiful way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, part of the joyful insight that comes from yoga is to really um, realize that the, it's an art and a science. It's not just um, just like, oh, I'm going to do these poses mm -hmm. and I'm going to be like all present. So I loved both of your expressions. Yoga in and of itself, the word does mean like to yoke. There's lots of different definitions of it, but um, you're doing skill in action. So it's an art and science of the body-mind connection, which in turn gets rid of pain and suffering gets rid of those shoulda, coulda, wouldas, those, those binders that we put around our head. Maybe it's barbed wire. Maybe it's something that makes you feel claustrophobic. Maybe it's something that is just a repression. But you're allowing your brain to create space so that you can be fully connected and integrated. And when that pain and suffering leaves, you have this incredible sense of joyful insight and balance. And that's what our ultimate goal is in life is to find harmony and balance and whether you call it spirit whether you work in say some of you said you're going to bring this into church or organizations whether you put uh, um, your religious spin to it yoga is not a religion it's a practice to create wholeness and I think that's a huge thing too because you're going to go into a facility and you're going to say I want to teach this chair movement practice you know, that might be the easiest way, but if you do call it yoga, a lot of people still are a little apprehensive, even though it's a catchphrase in our culture now, it's becoming hip to be, you know, well-being is very hip. When I started doing all of this stuff, I was the weird girl in, in you know, the teenage high school years, you know? What is she doing, right? Or when I went into schools in 2001, they'd be like, we can't have you here. And someone would call 24 hours before and cancel. 
because they didn't know what to do with the word yoga, and some parents were really frustrated with it. So if you think of yoga as that wholeness and that it is a skill in action, you're teaching people to break habits to create new ones. So it literally is a habitual practice that allows you to find center using breath and movement. And one of my favorite, favorite words in Sanskrit, and I'm a huge geek, so I might throw in like Sanskrit words, but if you need any, um, you, we can always ask questions and stuff, is moksha. And moksha means freedom or liberation. It's the ultimate thing that we're trying to do when we come to the mat or the chair. Or we sit at a stop sign because we're really pissed at something and we take a deep breath before driving forward. I have this geeky thing that I like to do before I leave because the garage door doesn't always stay closed. That I take 10 deep breaths in my car to make sure that the garage door doesn't come up. <laughs> but it's like the best mindfulness practice. It's like a morning meditation. So um, that was what is yoga. And when people get this manual or when, say, I'm teaching, like, activity directors and stuff like that, it's really important that we do know where this is kind of coming from, why these movements are coming from. Because did you know that um, who do you usually see do this pose? In Sanskrit, it's called Jamatri Sasana, but... Who do you, runners, right? Athletes. You usually see someone after a long run stretching and stuff like this. Do you know what it's called in Sanskrit? So say that a yoga practice is over two, you know, over 5,000 years or to, uh, to you know, uh, 2,500 years old. So it's a very ancient practice and tradition of the body-mind connection. But this pose... Jamashri Sasana with the leg straight, one leg straight, one knee bent, and then you're reaching towards your toes, is also called the Maha Mudra. Maha means greatness. Great so, seal. yeah, so it's the great seal, Maha Mudra. It's one of the greatest poses of all because it affects so many places in your body, but also energetically, it does some amazing things to open up the lines of communication. So, our practice of mindfulness has. Uh, this movement has kind of permeated our culture and we don't have to call it yoga anymore because it's everything that we do if we're taking a proper breath, which I think is pretty cool. <coughs> Chair yoga in, uh, on page 8 for why we're doing strong spirits, mindfulness, and movement. Chair yoga is a therapeutic adaptive exercise um, program. And that's huge, too, because you don't have to call it yoga. <laughs> it's a therapeutic, adaptive exercise. And that's why your doctor said to Geriatric do... Yeah, he's in for in yeah. yoga for injuries, right? <laughs> therapeutic and adaptive. <laughs> to promote well-being through breathing correctly and stretching in ways that will open the body and work it from head to toe, offering one peace and tranquility. So yoga relaxes your body and your mind. It improves your musculoskeletal fitness and flexibility, and it elevates your overall health and well-being. And that's what I'm excited to talk to you about in the, um, in the part where we start talking about uh, the central nervous system. Okay, everybody frown. 
which made some of you laugh. Okay, now everybody smile. Okay, pick a person across from you, and we'll, we'll put a line right here, and I can't be included, so like, you know, go across, cross, cross, and then you two have to look at each other, okay? Okay, do you see someone? Okay? This side of the room, from me over to JJ, so on this side, everybody frown, and you guys smile. So you smile at your person and you all frown. It's really hard to keep your frown, eh? Okay? Now, a frowner is smile and smiler is frown. <laughs> they can. Yeah, right? Do you know why it is so hard to, if someone smiles at you, that you smile? Even if you're in a poopy, shitty mood, I can say shitty, right? Yeah, yucky yes. mood. Okay, so if you're in a really yucky mood and someone smiles at you, you know what happens? We have these things called mirror neurons in our body, which actually make us smile. So our body is magical. It's an incredible human machine powered by the breath. And if we get deeper into the energetics of it and the, um, the neurological reasonings for things, we will have much more space in our mind for peace and contentment. And that's what we're going to learn today. That's the stuff we're going to really have some fun with, with the breathwork practices. That doesn't work on everybody, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I then... Mean, I could have given you a story, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I went for a walk. Uh-huh. I never went for that walk for exercise and pen. And, you know, you smile at your neighbor. Yeah. And you go, hi, mm -hmm. how are you? And some don't respond and some smile back and yeah. there was this one lady that I walked with and I said hi and she went like this so I figured she didn't hear me so I go hi <laughs> she blurted out shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that's an, that's an issue yeah that's an issue a little deeper but yeah um, yeah and you know like um, sometimes I've heard that if you sneeze Everybody else starts sneezing, or you yawn, and everybody else starts yawning. And if they don't, they might be that lady, and they might be a psychopath. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Someone might be a psychopath if they don't. What's well, interesting you say it's a mirror mirror neuron because I wonder if part of it is there are there are fewer muscles needed to smile than to frown. Because if it's a mirror, mm -hmm. why wouldn't it pick up the frowning? Right. So you wonder if there's not a connection to what the body actually has to do. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I think Very there's also there's also kind of an in, you can you can wake up and be in a bad mood and you can turn your whole house into a bad mood. I right. Think there's also, I think there's also there's also where are you if we're, if we're talking about that connection, yeah. mind body connection. Where are you centered and spiritually? What are you willing to shift to? Mm -hmm. So, curious about that mirror neuron and why it's yeah. a smile. I'd be curious as to why we wouldn't yeah. frown. Yeah. I mean, it is hard, mm -hmm. but part of it is, I, you know, I wonder too if it's because we want to be more joyful than sad. Most people, mm -hmm. not all people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be curious as to more behind that. Like yeah. The other things. Yeah, I know. In my second phase of life, I want to become a a neuroscientist. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's so much that we learn as yogis about the energetics of the body, but it all really does come from the, um, it's the precursor. You know, if we say we have over 72,000 meridian lines of energy, whether they're sen lines or um, yogis call them uh, nadis, the little flowing rivers of energy, what they realized in modern science is that it's the nervous system. Mm -hmm. Right? Yogis didn't have a microscope. They didn't know that. And so there's that phase of like bringing the science to the art of the practice that would be fascinating to study. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, <clears throat> so that your body finds the peace and tranquility in, on page 8, part 2. And you, what I like about using the chair to find this elevation in your well-being is that you can bend and twist with a stable base. You can lift your body while using support. You can create strength, flexibility, and release stress while using a handy prop. Um, some of you kind of mentioned this when you were saying you want to teach this to your family members. There's a lot of people who feel like they don't look like the pictures of yoga mm -hmm. or they don't wear the clothes of yoga. And so how, why would I do yoga? And why would I, like, I don't even understand it. But it, any size, any shape, any form, this is accessible. Mm -hmm. And then in turn, you're finding the ha and the ta, the balance, and you're reaping the benefits. And ha and ta are like the idea of sun and moon, um, but it's also the idea of positive and negative, good and bad, male and female. So there's a huge emphasis, is what you're teaching, about finding balance and that people should find their own skeleton and do things at their own pace. No judgment. No, you know, like, oh, if you can't do something, there's going to be modifications. So when we go into a hip opener and start talking about things like eagle, I'll be saying cross at the ankle. If that's comfortable, start to bring your knee up, holding onto your shin. If that's comfortable, put your ankle on top of the other leg. So we start moving into modifications and start from the ground up as you work with people so you meet each body where they're at. Oh, I love it. I love how the full pose is the modification. That yep. is a great, rather so, than thinking that you're less than, because it's so easy to bring our less than mm -hmm. into the practice immediately. Yeah. I mean, that less than just... Yeah. into overdrive yeah. when you're stressed. Yeah, totally. And to start, so often we just start with the full, mm -hmm. and then we say, but if this is more comfortable, go there. If this is more comfortable, go there. Yeah. Start with that. Yep. From That's, the ground up. Yep. Start with the ground yeah. up. Nice. Yeah. And then people don't feel less than, and then they can get the benefits that it says here, like for high blood pressure or anxiety. And our country, our culture, is dealing with like the highest rate of stress and anxiety that they've had in so long. Kids, adults, whoever, that lady you're meeting down on the street, we don't know. But, you know, FU is really easy. They come fast these days. Um, so that, that's why we're here. The benefits are incredible, and there's a whole list of why these therapeutic exercises work your body from head to toe, um, whether it's carpal tunnel syndrome, um, whether you're working arthritis and discomfort and stiffness, whether you're interested in twisting to aid digestion and stimulate those nerves and wake them up again, um, twists actually help with depression. 
forward folds turn on the parasympathetic nervous system. So we're going to talk about the different moves your body makes and why it's so important, which is very um, repetitive for those of you who do practice yoga or have gone through teacher training, but it's always interesting to review. Uh, your respiratory ability. And a lot of people say, well, like sitting in a chair isn't like very cardiovascular, but it actually is. So we're going to do a chair pose, but we're going to inhale, reach our arms up high, exhale, hands come back. Now our head and heart are on the same plane. My heart has to work faster. Inhale, reach high, exhale, fold forward. I do that in a nursing home for, say, 10 deep breaths. And all of a sudden, you can really tell that they've had to work. Yeah? Then we start talking about the idea of alignment and sitting properly and all of that good stuff is pretty huge. And before some of you had come into this space, I, we had talked about, like, look at your friends, see how they're sitting. But it is amazing, you know, a lot of times you look like a stork and your chin is further forward and it's like you're wearing high heels and you're being pushed forward. A lot of times your feet might be really wide or your hips might be off out of whack so you're creating hip hike. But not very many people sit in proper alignment. So on page 9 it talks a lot about the alignment and sitting properly. Um, and this is me in a different phase of hair. Um, so all these pictures are me. Um, yeah. Um, and sometimes when your body gets out of whack, you're literally not in alignment. So we're trying to find Tadasana, and you're giving yourself an adjustment. And what I think is funny about Tada is like, what's the magician say when he pulls the bunny out of the hat? Ta-da. Right, Tada. It means I am present, I am here. So if someone's got rounded shoulders and they're hunched, it might not be because of like osteoarthritis or something like that, but it actually could be they're protecting their heart. They're scared. They're mm-hmm. apprehensive about something. So we can then do things to create space and release by using the chair to do some interesting cat-cows, right? To release attention and open up so that you are in Tadasana. And then it continues on. The idea of Tadasana is that you're drawing everything to center, that you're integrated. And I like to talk about, like, um, if you think of your body as a cup, you're trying to fill it up. Our cup filleth up and runneth over, right? But sometimes your body isn't in alignment, and then everything's just pouring out. And what we want to do is find, um, um, find alignment through the spine, If you think about the pubic bone and the tailbone and your hips being a bowl, a lot of times when we're sitting, we're spilling everything out or we're holding everything in. And to keep that continuous flow from the tailbone to the top of the head, we have to think about ankles underneath knees, knees in line with your hips, hips in line with your shoulders, so that your pelvic bowl is in the proper place for the breath to emanate. Mm. from yogic philosophy, the idea is that if you stuck your index finger to your belly button and you take three fingers below the index finger and then you move the index finger out of the belly button and place it below the three fingers, if you looked at your spine, those ganglion and nerves at the base of the spine kind of are like right there. So we want people to think about breathing from there. 
And the only way to breathe from there is from proper alignment. Because I mean, leaning too far forward, I got a break in the chain. If I'm leaning to a side, I got a kink, right? So I'm out of whack. So we're trying to really find the length in your spine so that you can not only sit comfortably, but that you can um, reap the benefits of the practice. Um, and going on page 10 for number five, pain and stiffness can be caused from aging. And you can counterbalance that with stretching. Yoga is static stretching, which is the preferred method to create lasting lengthening of a muscle and surrounding tissues. So we're creating these dynamic or oscillary motions, increasing your range of motion in a joint. So there are isometric exercises that can be used for strength conditioning. And what I like to say is that to keep that anti-aging and wellness benefits, you want to try and do something, even if it's only for 15 minutes, about two to three times a week. And you can wear anything. Usually people are wearing shoes. They're just, you know, they're just coming to class in their regular outfits. And this can be done anytime and anywhere. The props that I like to um, say is like, um, you know, you could have a folding chair or you could have, if you're going into like a facility or a nursing home or a church, you know, sometimes a lot of, they have the arm rails on them. Those are great too. Big wooden chairs. You just don't want a tippy space. It needs to be stable and sturdy. Um, blocks, you can use as a riser for your feet if you can't touch the floor. Um, you can put it, pretend this is a block, you can put it in between the knees. I use water bottles a lot or, you know, people's sweaters um, to keep stable. So, because a lot of times people's adductors are really passive. Adductors are the inner thigh muscles. And if you start to engage them, it helps just get your spine to be longer right away. Uh, uh, Salvation Army, ties, resale shops, dollar store props. Um, I've got a bunch of them here. Um, balls to roll underneath your feet, right? Um, just like a tennis ball you can use too. Um, um, you can make shake shake globes. We'll talk about this, but um, these are at Target. Um, they used to be cheaper. Now they're a little more expensive, but what, right when you come in. And they're the balls, that. but if you shake them and you just can watch them settle. It's like a glitter jar for a kid. Let yourself relax. That's a good breathing exercise because everybody shake, 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 watch it, and then switch hands, shake, 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 watch it. You can also use it as a lifting, as a weight. You can also use it as hand-eye coordination for integrating right and left hemispheres by passing the ball side to side. <coughs> I also like fidget widgets. Not this, I know I don't, I had to never bought a spinner, but these are really inexpensive. A lot of times people, um, because of the nervous habits and stuff that people have, just having some fidgety things are really good. Fidget widgets. Um, I have a silly putty. So in Target, there's like that party aisle. That's where those bouncing balls you have came from. We're going to use those bouncing balls today too. But this is great for fidgeting. Silly putty. And it's like not the fancy silly putty, but it you can buy packs of twelve at the party aisle at Target, and they're really they work really well. Plus, it's a good um, squeezy ball thing. Uh, I also have uh, like a kid 
that kid toy or a swirly thing. So it becomes a bicep tricep practice where you change and switch it each side and then you pass it on. Um, I also have pom-poms. <laughs> They're just fun to watch. Uh, let's practice something with the pom-poms as we're going through the um, props. And uh, let's try a breathing exercise. I loved when you did the square breathing where you start in an imaginary square in front of you or you have it on a piece of paper and you inhale, breathe in and go across, exhale, go down, inhale, breathe in, go across, exhale, go up, and you find that square. You can also do that with a super eight move. And this is a sensory integration practice. It's a, a smart move that helps you to really stay grounded and it's good for memory. So, right, right, we're doctors, we just don't play them on TV, we play them on TV, right, and we're not like real doctors. So, but scientifically, when you do this sensory integration practice of drawing an S8, an infinite loop, it helps you with your memory and it integrates right and left hemisphere. So we're going to try it, but you get this. <laughs> it just makes it fun, but we're all going to try it. I know you're fast and furiously writing this down. <laughs> so all we're gonna do is take and um, take and bring one hand forward, right or left. And what's kind of fun is you can also um, be uh, amphibious. Just kidding, but ambidextrous and uh, use your opposite strong arm, right? And you can close your eyes but you're just inhaling as you reach up and over, exhaling as you switch sides. So it becomes this infinite loop, inhaling, exhaling. Drawing a super eight, or a crazy eight, or an infinite loop, and you're finding your rhythm, slow and steady. It could be sideways, it could be up and down. I just don't like going up and down because when I teach this to teenagers, it looks like you're caressing a lady's form. <laughs> Not only are you noticing your breath slowing down, what are you noticing in your arm? It's getting a workout, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's working. Yoga is effortless effort. Yeah, yeah. You're getting kind of involved with the rhythm. What do you notice about your heart heart rate? Up or down? Kind of. Is it? It is going up. So it's a little bit of a, a serotonin boot. I mean, a, um, a cortisol. It's a little bit of a getting in your sympathetic nervous system. Oh, it's taking a little innovation too. Oh, you're being getting creative. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm doing it with that non-dominant hand. There's a whole different... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I just switched, too. Fascinating, though. But do you notice, like, maybe your brain was totally in another thing. You were thinking about lunch. You were thinking about taking a walk. You were thinking about, oh, God, I wish we'd start moving more. Um, why she keep talking about props. But... Uh, <laughs> We all came back together. The room got quieter, other than I'm asking questions, and we hear the 
tin, tin <laughs> stuff here. Yeah. Right? Okay, and then just totally relax and shake out your arms. What's funny is, so I went to that senior class with my great aunt. Yes. And they had the residents with a strap. Yes. They all had that figure eight, and I was like, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. I didn't stop to ask the teacher, but yeah, there it is. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can do the um, you can use like um, I go for straps to go to Salvation Army resale shops, dollar store props. This is just like you can get at the dollar store. I love the dollar store; it's kind of really bad. But um, the, I would I I. I, I have stopped myself from getting food there. I won't get food there. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I will sometimes buy my niece and nephews so can, like candy you from there. Did get food there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they do have, well, they have, like, ramen noodles. Oh, and I, stuff I mean, yeah. But so, they have um, pom-poms, right? Mm -hmm. And they have these dice so that you could, um, you could roll the dice, and then you throw it on the floor, and you roll the dice. How many breaths are we going to take? Three. Nice. You know, there's just so many different opportunities to think about games that you can do with um, some of the stuff you get at the dollar store. This is one of those, like, emoji things, but they're just squeeze balls. And this is a good way to test water, too, and to, to work with arthritis. Mm -hmm. So you're squeezing, and then you can squeeze on the other hand. And um, when the veins get really, 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 like, intense, it means that we're kind of dehydrated. So it's a good dehydration check. Not a nutritionist, play one on TV. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really interesting, and um, one of the other things that I really, really like getting from dollar stores are um, bubbles. Seems really weird, but this is a good breathwork practice. Mm -hmm. Pass around some bubbles, and not only are, their mood, are people's moods elevated, what's the first thing I have to do when I blow? Take it. Right, I have to exhale. Maybe the biggest exhale I've had all day. Mm -hmm. And I have bubbles now all over my face. <laughs> so that's a great prop. Um, you know, holiday seasons, little um, pom-pommy things, sensory integration things. We're going to play a, a game called Silent Ball. Um, some kids broke this, so I put another ball inside of it, but it was, like, squishy and gushy and, like, made funny shapes and stuff. This is, like, the happy tool. I have never worked with so many people in memory care that just totally their disposition changes when they start playing with this thing. It's just bizarro. Like, I, I seriously, like, I wish I had invented it. <laughs> um, I got this at, like, Walgreens or Walmart or Target. I can't remember. Just going to see different things. Um, straws and cotton balls and, and um, Kleenexes and... Uh, Feathers, we're going to go with them um, in a second and talk about them in the breathing section. And then we've got um, a Hoberman Sphere, which we used already. I also go to Michael's Crafts. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I don't know if this works with colorblind, right? But there, this comes with all kinds of different colors. Left and right becomes a really huge problem at different phases of the lifestyle centers as they move up the chain um, from, you know, assisted living to memory care. So lift your red arm. <laughs> lift your green arm. Yes, yeah. That works really well. I can't even remember my right and left. Just use that in regular life. Yes, I know, right? So they're really light. They're like those tongue depressors, but they're light. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah you just welcome. throw it on the floor. <laughs> thanks for doing that. So we'll, we'll use that when we do arm and stuff.
And um, then the only other thing I would say is like if you start at the dollar store props, you can also use, um, you know, they have little weights sometimes. They wouldn't be eye pillows, but you could use weights for like lifting things. Sometimes they just sell hula hoops at the dollar store. I use hula hoops instead of straps a lot. So we drive. There's a hula hoop class that we'll do together. You inhale, exhale, make funny faces. And we can do a whole class with hula hoops, Camp, cat and cow with hula hoop. Um, <clears throat> uh, and then... Um, So they're different sizes of hula hoops? There's some yeah. smaller ones. I'm yeah. just thinking there's some people that can only get about this. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we're going to talk about that when we start going through the arm stuff. The uh, only other thing is um, asking after class how people are feeling. You can't quantify really, but what I would say is you can ask people how they're feeling and you can do thumbs up thumbs sideways or thumbs down. Mm -hmm. uh, with kids, I have these little, uh, this deck of cards, and so it says super sour or same. But that's also really good for you as a teacher to know what resonates, because one week it might be like, oh, this sucked. And then the other week it might be like they were really into it. And to kind of do that is a good idea. Um, I might have us skip the um, mudras, meditation, um, and the breathing stuff and do that um, right when we come back and start doing some moves right now for the next half hour before our break. Does that sound okay? Okay, because you're probably sick of hearing me talk about stuff. So we'll return to page 13 and let's skip the breathing and um, talk about how to actually set up the format of your class on page 27. Um, keeping a logbook or a journal of your classes, this, is, this could be put in a three-ring binder, and you've already got a bunch of classes in here, but um, I always think it's really good. Uh, the more you practice, the less you'll need your notes, but it's always nice just in case. Um, with kids in school classrooms, sometimes you want to dim the lights. I work with a lot of um, um, classes um, in schools that have a lot of, in, um, what do you call them, uh, e -L -E -D they have, yeah, all that stuff on the end of the name of the classroom. So I work with a lot of special education kids on the spectrum and um, dimming the lights really helps. In nursing homes, I think it makes them tired. So mm -hmm. I would say do the exact opposite and keep it really bright. Um, you want to do, um, you could do your visualization at the end with the lights lower. Um, <laughs> you want to, with the um, chairs in a circle. If you feel your voice is strong enough, you can play music. I find music to be really distracting, right? So you're sitting in a circle and maybe use the music for the before and the after. And I always think it's really important to say your name, why you're doing what you're doing, um, maybe talk a little bit about yoga, and how long the class is going to be. Unless it's a regular weekly thing and they know what they signed up for. Uh, it's really important just to give, you know, like touch all the bases. 
and tell them that they should do the best that they can do. You're here for them as a guide and a friend. Least amount of effort with the maximum amount of results because your main focus is to breathe. That's our main purpose is to breathe. And um, <clears throat> then you kind of talk about the proper way to sit and the importance of body alignment with your feet firmly planted, your spine nice and long. And then try and take like five to ten deep breaths before or after each pose. We're going to go through this manual. We're not going to be really talking about like those breaths in between, the spaces in between. But when you teach your little checkout class, that'll be your thing. You can teach those purposeful breaths. Your ultimate goal for your breathing is to make them conscious and active and um, trying to extend the breath. And we'll talk about this in the breath ratio, ratio segment, but that your inhales create space and your exhales are actually way more important than your inhales sometimes. Because most of us, when we get nervous or stressed, we breathe really fast. We want to have that deep, deep inhale and exhale. And the exhale really gets the toxins out. It's the letting go. It's that cathartic release. The next page, 28 and 29, that's a visualization opportunity. Page 30 and 31. And the way that this was laid out is you could do a whole class from the way this book is laid out. That would be like a little bit of an hour-long class. Mm -hmm. um, we are going to start by um, breathing. So you've set your group in a circle. You've set everything that's important. You've allowed them to remind them of the alignment. And then you start um, to invoke the breath. You might invoke the breath and have that be your visualization or meditation. Or if you're working in a community center or a church place, you can reinstill the values of the organization you're working with and for. And then you start your class um, with the breath again. Transitional calming breath. What I like to call this um, is a balloon breath. So you're inhaling and you're reaching up high. Now, some people might not be able to reach their arms up high right? So then it becomes inhale, and the hands go halfway. Exhale. It might be hands um, underneath the, um, <clears throat> holding onto the shoulders. Inhale, elbows. Exhale, elbows. And this is where, if you want to, you could put your manual on your lap or on the floor, and you could join in. Because <laughs> uh, this is an experience practice today, yeah? So let's try the balloon breath with the hands. Inhale, reaching up high, opening the arms broad like you're light as a balloon. And then when you exhale and your hands come together, feel the breath moving through every place that your hand touches or passes by on the way down. Good, let's try it again. Inhale, reach up high. And this time, as you exhale, blow out of your mouth and feel as if you're moving the hands like a feather. Let's try it one more time. This time, let's go backwards. Inhale, reach your arms straight up. And as you exhale, push all the clouds and the bad thoughts and the ickies away as your arms drape back down to the ground. Awesome. Fun, mm -hmm. right? Easy. And 
there's X amount of us in here, which means that there's going to be tons of different ways to do this. Um, the three-part breath technique, what it started off and it says in your bullet point on page 30 is that it was um, to allow you to start, it's the foundation of all breathing. It's an integral yoga breath. So that we're breathing belly, lungs, and ribs, ribs, lungs, and belly. And what I like to do is, um, there's that song, like I touch myself from the 80s, but <laughs> just like sitting in a circle, and we don't really like um, see a lot of people, right, in our day-to-day, -day, and especially if you're in nursing home facilities, it's a very lonely place. You don't get touched a lot. There's a lot of self-care and integrative health modalities happening now where you're doing aromatherapy. Someone's coming around and maybe bringing... Um, I don't know if you guys do this, like angel cards. Someone's coming around and giving hand massages. Someone comes in and brings music for music therapy or art therapy. Or someone brings in a cat or a pet. Because it's really huge. We don't really, like, touch ourselves that often as things go by. There are, um, in many lucky instances, there's a, a man who every floor he's moved to has had a girlfriend. So there is a lot of, like, <laughs> sexy, sexy time going on, too, behind the scenes. But most of the time, people aren't getting touched. Mm -hmm. So placing a hand on the chest, placing a hand on the tummy, you start to find the rise and the fall of, of, of the rhythm of your body, but also you're um, putting your hands on yourself in a compassionate way. Yeah. So feel the belly rise. As you breathe into it, feel the lungs and rib cage expand as your heart lifts. And then let's exhale for chest, heart, belly, low back. Inhaling belly, lungs, and ribs. Exhaling ribs, lungs, and belly. Inhaling belly lungs and ribs, exhale ribs, lungs and belly. Now our hands are on the front of our body. As we find this rhythm, let's try and breathe into our low back as you inhale. And then the part of your back that touches the chair. And then your back heart. Shoulders are soft, exhale from the shoulders. Feel your back soften in the chair. Tailbone and buns rooting down on your last little part. And then from the center, feel it along the spine, inhaling belly, lungs, and ribs. Exhaling ribs, lungs, and belly. And then you can release. So you're creating this space to allow yourself to really find integration, but also transformation, that wholeness. Every inhale and every exhale has a purpose. And every inhale and every exhale is really, 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 really effective. So now um, what we're going to do is we are going to take and breathe into our hands and we are going to work towards our um, palming 
We did a little bit of palming when we uh, did, came out of our initial visualization together. But what's interesting about this is that um, when you place your hands in front of you um, and your eyes are closed, you can allow yourself to relax and release anxiety, but it also warms you up, right? And those of you who are into the energetic principles, it allows you to start to find um, a, a deeper connection to the energies in your body. So we'll start by just closing our eyes and rub your palms together as fast, as fast, as fast as you can, creating some friction. <coughs> And now take the warmth of your hands over your closed eyes. And start to release your hands as you open your eyes with those strong spirits and a fresh new perspective. And you can see things a little bit more clearly. You can also just say put your hands over your glasses but what is written on page 32 in your notes here is that we see more than seven screens a day. So especially for people who are at offices or kids, a good way to really kind of reboot your superhuman machine is to um, do that and close your eyes and create space. You could even talk about what color do you see. And that color in turn could... Um, relate to maybe an emotional response that you're working on right then and there for those of you who are into chakras and energy. Um, eyes around the clock is really fun. Um, this is a lot of vision tracking. So there's a um, Sanskrit practice, or not Sanskrit, there's a Sanskrit word called trataka, which is a, um, it's a practice of working your eyes. And they do this sometimes at doctor's offices, I've heard. But you just take your finger and put it forward and then watch the finger as it slowly comes towards you. That's a little intense, right? But it's helping. If someone's child um, has to go to the eye doctor to fix something with their eyes, and they do something very similar to this. Um, but if you want to kind of uh, go deeper in it, it's like kind of called trataka. But this is what I do in, um, with people who are doing um, chair yoga practices. Inhale, reach your arms up. This can help you with north, south, east, and west. This can help you with um, number counting. This can help you even look from people to people if someone's on your right or left. Okay? Imagine it's a clock and your arms are up and you reach your arms as high as they can go. Look up to 12. All right, how many of you lifted your chin? Uh, right? All right, so more than half of us, right? So that's interesting because we're trying to do yoga for our eyes. We're trying to keep our eyes functioning. So use the breath, exhale all the air out, and now look up to 12 with just your eyes, not your eyebrows. Breathe deeply. Look back to the center. Say our Hoberman Spear is in the center of our circle, so we're looking back to the center. And now look to 3 o'clock. With the breath, not your chin. <laughs> Good. Look back to center. And now start to look at 6 o'clock. 
looking down the tip of the nose towards six o'clock. Feel that stretch. And then you're coming back to center. And let's look at nine o'clock. Sorry, I had a brain fart. <laughs> Inhaling and exhaling. Good, look back to center. And now, who wants to bring their arms down, <laughs> right? Okay, so as you release your hands, let's pretend that we're um, a waterfall and our fingers are just dripping down the waterfall until they come down by your sides. Good, shake out your arms. We're gonna do, um, someone said Tai Chi, but this is a little bit Tai Chi Chi Gong-ish. We're gonna pat the bear. So your arms are open. Take and bring your left hand to your right arm and pat the bear. So you're gonna go all the way down the right arm. And then go underneath at the bottom of the hand and pat all the way up. Even your armpit. Hello, stinky. All right, let's switch. Now the left hand straight, go down the left side. Pat the bear, because they're a grizzly bear. And then back up underneath. From the pad of the hand all the way up to the armpit. Ah, let's take a deep breath as you pat your top of your chest. Feel the collarbones, feel the lightness. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, let it go. Very good, very good. <laughs> All right. So always modifying. If someone can't bring their arms up all the way, then maybe you only bring your elbows up. Maybe you make like a little circle. Maybe you have a clock visualization that you can, a literal clock that you can look at. Mm -hmm. But you can really give your um, friends some space. Um, what's good with the next one, the Madonna Vogue neck stretching kind of release, is, is that it creates a lot of space in your body. If I was at an office, I literally can go to the back of my chair mm -hmm. and push down with my arm and reach the head in the opposite direction. So if I was at a school desk or an office, all of a sudden I have this new way of stretching out. But let's try it. My little pokies are cold, so I'm going to sit on my feet. Um, we are going to take and bring our hands so that our um, right ear goes to the right shoulder. Okay, take your right hand to the left ear. Good. Take your left hand and reach it out to the left, but now take the arm to a spot that you feel the most stretch. So some people, if you're really tight, might be higher. If you feel like you just, can you, can you feel that? Mm -hmm. There's a certain spot where it's just like, oh, I really mm -hmm. sense that. Okay, now this is why it's called Madonna. Relax the left hand, take your right hand to your ear, and then push your head up. <laughs> Want to try the other side? Take the left ear to the left shoulder, right arm relaxes, left hand, left ear, stretch it out. If you lift your head up after doing this without hand to the ear, what happens is it gets, you can get those muscle spasms. Mm -hmm. Okay, take the left hand to the ear and push your head back up. Good. You could also do this um, where we start moving into a little bit of um, uh, uh, hands behind the chair, interlacing your hands. 
right? You can hold on to the chair or bring your hands back. What happens is, is then you start moving into a variation of cow face pose where you can take and grab onto your wrists. Maybe you can grab onto your opposite elbow. So it takes it deeper, right? So you start to um, create some space in your body so that you reap the benefits. And then simply, you start moving into like neck rotations, chin ups and chin downs. What I like to tell people is that when they're doing all of this stuff, um, you don't wanna be like pole dancing. <laughs> it gets a little bit flash dancey if you start doing some um, interesting things and like maybe your legs are um, in different positions and you're like stretching and stuff like that. Just have to be careful because you are a little bit of a TV show for the people that you're working with. The cool thing about um, chair yoga is that you ha have to do it with them because they need something to mirror. Mm -hmm. Whereas adult yoga, when you go to class, usually your teacher is like talking to you and they're not really doing the poses. And that's a really, really nice thing because you're reaping the benefits too. So just um, remember that people are watching you <laughs> and you might look interesting when you're doing certain things. Let's do some neck rotations. You can either hold the sides of the chair um, and we're on page 34. You can hold the sides of the chair or you can just draw simply your chin towards your chest. Neck is nice and long. Your chin comes forward, your neck is long. And all we're going to do is take and draw your chin to the left ear, slowly tracing with the breath. Good. Use your next exhale and guide your chin back forward and let's take it to the other side bringing the chin towards the right ear find the length in the breath your chin brings itself back forward and now we'll take it into some chin ups and chin downs so look down the tip of the nose and keep looking down the tip of the nose and lift your chin up as far as you feel comfortable. And you're breathing, I'm talking, so take your tongue to the hard palate to protect the neck with the muscles. Exhale, look back down, chin to the chest, chest to the chin. Inhale, come on, lift your head back up. Tongue to the hard palate, gaze is soft, and exhale, chin back down, forward. Is that the roof of the mouth? Yeah, the hard, yeah. And then coming into a neutral space, let's pretend that someone asks you a question and you don't know. So you go, I don't know. Shoulder shrugs, let them back down. Shrug your shoulders up and let them down. Shrug your shoulders up, back, and down. Let's do that again. Up, back, and down. Up, back, and down. Now try the opposite way. Up, forward, down. Up, forward, down. Up, opposite, back, and down.
and we'll transition that into arm circles. So, in arm circles, you can pretend you're playing the piano, right? You could pretend that you're going swimming. You could pretend that you're doing the breaststroke, the side stroke, there's all kinds of things. But let's just take and start off by moving your right arm in tiny little circles as your arm is out like a T. Good, going forwards and then make your circle a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And you can go as slow or as fast as you'd like and now go backwards. <laughs> and then a little bit smaller, a little smaller, and shake it out. The funny thing is that I always am fascinated every uh, day after the um, chair yoga practice, I'm sore. Can I please? Yeah, I get sore. Reach the left arm out and make tiny little circles going forward. And then go a little bit bigger. So in the back of your manual in the appendix, there's something called the five Tibetans. And this is very similar to something that they do in the five Tibetans where they move their arms, big, huge circles, and then the opposite direction. <clears throat> Until our circles start to get a little smaller. <coughs> and we just have our arm moving in subtle little movements. And relax. <clears throat> the elbow circles and the swimming kind of stuff are great, but remember you're only going to where your um, student can go to, and you're not pushing them um, into a place that's uncomfortable, or um, you'll hear a lot of people say like, oh, my shoulder hurts from whether it's rotator cuff or just um, frozen shoulders or different things, so then you just modify. So maybe it's just the wrists that are moving from the elbows. And then from those arm circles, we can move into a half uh, a seated side stretch. This half moon, you can do with two arms or one arm. Feel the um, right hand touch the side of the chair. The left arm goes up and stretch up and over. Good, so your buns stay to the chair. Really feel them planting down like those tubers I um, kind of talked about in your opening visualization and extend the fingers up and over. You can look down to the ground, you can look up high to the left arm, but wherever you are, breathe. And come on back up. Left hand touches the side of the chair. Right arm reaches up. Stretching up and over. Draw the um, belly in on every exhale to keep your spine stable and strong. And then come on back up. Arms come down. Good, let's take and reach both arms up. If you can do this, great. If not, don't worry about it. Take your uh, right hand to the left wrist. Maybe your elbows are bent. The idea is to keep your shoulders so they're not eating the ears. And stretch up and over to the right. Maybe your arms are going to be straight, but wherever you are, breathe. Come on back up. I like to do a little bit of a release, like a let go, arms come back down. 
And we'll find the second side, arms reach up. Taking your left hand to your right wrist, stretch up and over. Inhaling and exhaling. Nice, come on back up. And your exhale will bring the arms down. So that's a Increase some space in the shoulder <coughs> socket. I've never known the purpose for the take, grabbing the, the wrist. I yeah. use it like as a tension setting, but I okay. don't know. I don't. What is, do you know the physical? Okay. Uh -uh. I've never. I'm usually when I do it, it's because your hands are in a mudra. Okay. But um, it's easier for people just to grab their wrists. It just oh, stretches it out the, little, yeah, it stretches out all the muscles that support the shoulders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we have some good wrist exercises and finger exercises. So you have a super ball on the ground. Let's do the super ball and then we'll move into the wrist stuff when we get here um, in, after our break. How's that? So let's do one more. Fun thing about this bouncy ball is that when they fall, you get to chase them. <laughs> but <laughs> just that was sarcasm. Okay, um, okay so but it is good. Um, I I would like to find um, a store that had a little bit bigger ones. But if you take, you can toss it from side to side, hand to hand. But what works really well is individual finger bending. Um, and remember, if you don't have a prop, you can still do this. So you take the ball and you, it could just be used as a squeezing exercise to um, create, um, so to, to kind of wake up arthritis mm -hmm. and um, wake Arthur up so that uh, there's some um, less stiffness. But you could take and bring your thumb and your index finger and just hold it in between there. So we start with dexterity, right? Now, take and switch. Now the middle finger and the thumb are pressing there. If some, people have carpal tunnel, you might feel this. No? Ring finger and thumb. Pinky finger and thumb pressing the ball in between. Good. And back to the ring finger. And the middle finger. Oh, it's like. <laughs> and the index finger. And squeeze the ball. Three times. And now pass it to the other side. Good. Okay, squeeze the ball three times. Keeping that nice, good breath work that you've created through our class. Index finger to the thumb. Bring middle finger to the thumb. Index, uh, pink, uh, well, ring finger to the thumb. I've named all of them. Uh, pinky finger to the thumb. Back to the ring finger your heart line, back to the end, uh, middle finger, back to the index finger, and give the ball three squeezes. So I'm a massage therapist. Yeah. 
if you take and roll it. Yeah. And just squeeze it in your palm. Yeah. It's a great release. Oh, look at that. In the palm of the hand to just kind of roll it in the hand. Uh huh. Put it between the big thick pads of the thumb. Okay, my new favorite thing. <laughs> it's my long time favorite thing. <laughs> oh wow. It's a great way to just do a little more work into that thumb joint, depending mm -hmm. upon where people have their issues. You're talking about like right, right here, right? Right. You say in between. Yeah. In between. That fleshy part. The fleshy part of the mm -hmm. thumb. Okay. Yeah. So if you're grabbing or having issues, it's it's. Oh yeah. You're yeah it's kept me in my job. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, that's great. Fantastic. We just left off with a little side body stretch, and what I wanted to say about that side body stretch that is kind of interesting is, has uh, someone mentioned yin yoga? Because that's what your students are kind of craving, right? Yeah. Everybody wants yeah. to relax. Everyone yeah, wants to so chill out. Yeah. What I like about um, the side body stretch is it reminds me of uh, banana pose mm -hmm. in yin, yeah. right? So that makes it really fun, and it just kind of gets the entire um, channel that you're um, stretching in the opposite direction from. Uh, as we go deeper into this, we're going to move on to page 38, where we're working on our wrist exercises. Um, and we did the uh, little super ball exercise where we were working um, arthritis and individual finger bending. Um, another thing that I really like to do is to just interlace fingers and take and bring the palms forward. As the palms go forward, you can kind of plug your shoulders back so your body's moving in that equal yet opposite directions. And then <clears throat> you can incorporate this into a breath. So let's try that. Inhale, reach your arms up as high as they'll go. And with your exhale, bring your hands and make them merge in front of the heart, allowing the palms to press down and the fingers meet again. Inhale, reach the arms up high. Exhale, hands come back towards the front of our body. We just had that little break for lunch, so now do the opposite grip interlacing the fingers. So we're kind of waking up the brain. Inhale, reach high. And exhale, hands make their way through the front of the body. Do the odd grip again. Inhale, reach up. So we're constantly switching. Shoulders plug down as your fingers reach up. Exhale, hands make their way in front of the heart. Now from this position, interlace fingers, do the opposite grip of what you've been doing, reach your arms up high, and we can add in our little side body stretch. Stretch to the right. Breathing into the mid-back. Gaze is soft, maybe looking up, maybe looking down, but your neck is relaxed. Inhale back to center, and exhale to the other side. Good. Inhaling. Exhale. And come on back up. And allow the fingers to just gently roll down to the ground. And once the fingers, like little drops of rain, touch down to the ground, roll out the wrists. Moving wrist rotations one direction and then the other. <clears throat> and now take your hands 
and make fists so that the thumbs touch the pads of the hands, the fingers wrap around, and begin to take the pinky sides of the hands together, elbows relaxed, shoulders broadening, so you're finding an expression with the breath. Roll your hands around without losing contact of hand to hand. Just move brain. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. And release the palms and shake out the hands, thumbs, fingers, just jiggling and wiggling and delighted. And we'll take and reach our um, right hand forward. As our right hand for goes forward, start to take and rotate the right palm up. Good. Take and reach the left hand forward and rotate the left palm down. Notice if your elbows are bent or your shoulders are kind of um, sh shrugging too high. Let everything lengthen and broaden in the breath. All right, red light, green light. Flash your hands as fast, as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. So what happens is, is a lot of times people don't want to make a big fist. Make big fists every time you inhale and exhale. And can anybody else feel this? <laughs> Breathe a little bit deeper. Inhale and exhale. Oh, the sun's coming in the room. It's going to get warmer. Breathe, 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 breathe. Anybody not feeling this? Freeze. Flip. Red light, green light. Flash, 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 flash. Good. Are you doing this from the breath or are you reaching your shoulders to your ears? Can you make your hands go faster? Flash, 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 flash. Freeze. Shake it out. Okay. Now all we're going to do is take and strip the arms after that. Same concept of never, you know, not getting a lot of touch. You're taking your right hand and making it into a little sandwich and take the thumb on one side of the arm and fingers on the other side and strip the arms. Mm. So as a massage therapist, you know what this is all about, yeah? I always think of this as wiping the crumbs away. So whatever was stuck in the nerves, you can kind of get rid of it. I've had ganglion cysts. Anybody have ganglion cysts before? So it's like when the um, gunk gets trapped in the tubes in our body and it just creates a big cyst of fibers and tissues that can't go through. And this helps so that we can, we'll try and to the other side, so they don't get those cysts. I like it. In um, a, like a hatha yoga class, if you're doing like an intense arm balancing class, a lot of times I'll have people bring their arm forward and put their knee on and massage their arm. Mm -hmm. That works really well too, the weight of your body, massaging the forearm as you're on the ground. So if I was here, and look at my fingers start bending my head. It's But that feels, it's kind of the same idea that you're creating this space. So the red light, green light, and stripping the arms really helps to get the energy to flow through your body. We did the hand pressure rolls already that are on page 40, but some of you had seen um, when we were talking about the breath, and I think that um, um, I think Jane used this in her um, intro where you were having us breathe with our fingers, making the fingers like a Hoberman sphere. 
And this is the same kind of thing. I call them namaste hands or namaskar hands. So when your hands are in front of your chest, it's representative of Anjali, um, the idea of the Anjali mudra or the idea of Patanjali. And so the name of Patanjali is words falling from heaven, right? Words falling down from heaven. So whether or not this inspiration was a stroke of insight, whether this inspiration came from a group of people, the way that yoga was kind of like spread out to people was that it came down from the heavens into this individual that we named Patanjali, right? But it could have been a collective of group of people, or it could have been Shabbat's stories. But. So we're holding the preciousness of our heart in our hands. Our shoulders are open. Our spine is long. And on your inhale, broaden the chest and press into the fingertips, elbows open. And on your exhale, bring your hands back together, holding the preciousness of your heart in your hands. Inhale, breathing <coughs> deeply. Exhale, let it go. Inhale. And exhale. So we saw in the intro how it's great to do if you don't have a Hoberman sphere. It's really good for all of those different fingers to feel a connection and action. Um, how many of you have ever heard of Qigong? Right? So in here, there's some different Qigong exercises that are in the appendix kind of thing. But say that you have something going on with your heart, right? And, you know, we used to hear as kids, press your hand in the fleshy part and press the thumb and into it and, and, pre and squeeze it and that'll help. Well, these pressure points are the same thing when you do your hand movements. So this is good for your heart. You make your hand into a lotus flower mudra. So your lotus flower mudra, the pinky finger and the thumb touch together and the rest of the fingers are extended. So a lot of times doing the wrist stuff, I'll have people do mudras or do different examples of um, um, things that help us to stay grounded and calm. So that'll be what I teach. I'll teach a mudra when I we work. But this you could do for like 60 seconds and it's supposed to be really good for your heart. But there's different examples of different hand movements and tapping things that you can do to help um, for different body ailments. It's like silent clapping. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden when you look at it, it looks like your hands merging into one. And notice, are you breathing as you're doing this? Yeah, there is that. And we'll release and let it go, shake out the fingertips. So that's something I like to add in um, as neck after the um, namaste hands and the radiant fingers. And this gets a little bit trickier and um, more humiliating when you do the um, individual finger bending, it's a little bit of a bilateral movement where you're teaching how to integrate the brain hemispheres. So I'm going to teach you a brain gym thing as we do this one. But reach one hand forward and take and bend just your pinky finger. Mm -hmm. Reach it back out. 
Take and bend just your thumb. Okay, those were the easy ones now. <laughs> okay, now just reach your middle finger towards the pad of the hand. It's very hard. And reach up, and now take the index finger towards the pad of the hand. And reach it back up, and touch the ring finger to the pad of the hand. And reach it back up, and shake it out. Anybody else? Like, oh my gosh, that's hard. I feel it in my wrist and my arms. Take the left hand forward and now the pinky finger. <laughs> the other ones want to join in, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And extend it out. And then the thumb. Extend it out. Middle finger. Extend it out. Uh, heart line, the, the uh, ring finger. Extend it out. Index finger. Extend it out. Good, shake it out. So it, it, a lot of times you'll go into a space and you'll say, like, do the wave with your hands and doing one finger, individual finger bending at a time. So you're, like, rolling the wave in and rolling the wave out. It's easier because a finger is down. But if you try and do just a finger at a time, it's a much more challenging experience. And then um, <clears throat> take and bring your right hand forward. Take your left hand underneath and forward. So your arms are straight. Flip your thumbs down so your palms connect. Interlace your fingers. Okay? Bend the elbows. I have someone who does this when they do pretzel breathing, they call it, because it integrates right and left hemisphere just by doing this. Okay, don't look. Reach just your middle finger up. On both hands, yeah. <laughs> Lower and back down. Lift just your pinky fingers up. Lower and back down. Lift just your thumbs up. Lower and back down. Lift just your ring finger up. <laughs> Lower them down. Okay. Take your index fingers up. Touch your nose and nostrils. And unwind your hands without releasing. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. How, 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 how interesting that when your hands are together and I say lift your index finger, you're like, oh, fine, no big deal. But if you cross and you're retraining the hemispheres of your brain to work differently and then try and lift your fingers up, it's super hard. <laughs> She's trying to figure out how I did that. Yeah. It's the positioning of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good trick. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. Thanks. <laughs> there's a lot of um, stuff from a uh, brain gym where you can uh, bring in. Yeah. Uh huh. Brain Gym, you can get a lot of YouTube stuff online, but it, you can get a lot of great ideas about um, sensory integration. So I'm going to do something, I call it the Super March, but um, uh, it's the same idea as Brain Gym. You're taking your left hand to your right knee. Lower the back down. Take your right hand to the left knee. Lower back down. You don't know how many people, when you go into a facility, whether they're young or old, when you say take your right hand to the left knee, they go right hand, right knee. It's amazing, right? I mean, we're all in integrative health or interested in this stuff, so we've been really due diligently working on finding balance, 
but most people, because we are human beings, but we're more human doings, and we want to change that channel, um, so right hand, left knee, left hand, right knee, right hand, left, you know what I'm saying, so opposite leg, and then you just start like marching, and just talking, and inhaling, and exhaling, and inhaling, and exhaling, and inhaling, and exhaling. Now, can you take your elbow to your knee? <laughs> Party. All we need is some good Jane Fonda music. <laughs> <laughs> or what's that guy? Richard Simmons. Richard Simmons. But it is fascinating because people won't be able to get their elbow to their knee. They won't be able to get their hand to their knee. So this is, is, is a little skip ahead um, in um, thought, but it's the same thing as all that brain gym and sensory integration practice. That's taking the right and left hemisphere, and it's going, whew, and saying, welcome, light back up, here we are, get that spark moving. And I've had people who started, and for months, right hand, right knee, left hand, left knee, and then all of a sudden, they've been able to start doing this. Any age. I've seen shifts in perspectives and shifts in people's bodies as they really start using the breath to create the integration. So that's pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> Another thing that I like to do, because we were on individual finger bending and then I moved into that brain gym segue, um, say that you're doing a breath and you're having a, a party or a fake party because every day is a party, um, you're going to take your thumb and put it in front of your face as if you have a trumpet. And then you're going to inhale and breathe in. And then exhale, breathe out, and woo, your index finger came up. Inhale, breathe in. And exhale, breathe out. Oh, the middle finger came up too. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, breathe out. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, breathe out. Nice, you get the gist. But you can do that as a really great, fun thing. And anything to lighten someone's spirit, that's a great thing to do. And you can go all the way up and all the way down. Uh, and then another thing, um, online with the super eights and in line with the um, square breathing, is to take and um, bring your hand, and this is like called a take five, and bring your hand out in front of you and you could start off class with this breathing exercise where you inhale, exhale, and you trace your fingers like a little person going up a mountain. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, lunch, inhale. I need to get that. So this is just a really great way to feel and sense because we do come from a culture that works much better a with playful movements and b with the idea of the sensory integration practices to make wholeness so the more we do things or see things or experience in things the more it becomes a habitual response in our body so um, all of us are coming from different trainings and different backgrounds I guess what I've done with a lot of the practices that are a little bit more esoteric or a little bit more woo-woo, um, I've made them a little bit more kind of like playful 
And um, there's a guy, and I can send you this link when, we, um, when I send you the follow-up, but there's a, a famous doctor right now who came out with a study that, like, dancing is the best way for sensory integration practices and how it's really helping to heal people, dancing and breath work. And I was like, dude, that's kundalini yoga? <laughs> Have you ever hung out with Vermouk and shaken for hours, you know? So it's pretty fascinating, you know, how now it's starting to filter into our culture as a dance party. Um, yeah. The, then the other thing you can do on page 43 as we go into like the wrist stretches, the final one I usually do is where the palm faces forward, the fingers point down, and you pull the fingers back towards you. So it's just a little bit of a stretch. But just like when you're doing a cat-cow um, in a regular yoga practice, don't forget to rotate the palm the opposite direction. Don't forget to maybe take the hand from an opposite movement, right? So that you're always seeing your hands. They don't just like go straight out and the fingers go up, but maybe the thumbs go forward, like you're opening a jar. Maybe the fingers point down. Maybe the palms flip. So you're just stretching and getting different exercise stuff. And, I mean, you can do that little trick, too, where the thumb goes to your wrist. I don't know. But you can just play around with different things that work in your body to create a release through the wrists and the shoulders. Um, and you can also use your legs as resistance. So if you feel like you don't want to use one hand to stretch out the other, then you could also just rotate the palm up and keep your arms straight and use a chair or your own leg where you're finding a little bit of a um, traction. It's a PT thing to help internal strength. So you push your hands into your legs, your legs into your hands, and your shoulders are back. Every exhale, belly presses the spine, and you've created more in, uh, integration and internal strength. Uh, then we move on to page 44. On page 44, this is where we start moving into the legs, low back, hips, and hamstring stretches. So we have our seated spinal twist, uh, which I always like to do when you're opening up a class, and you'll see this at the end of the class. I always like to start off with a breathing, you know, because you're creating a really good sequence. So you have your meet and greet, set up your chairs, say hi, do a breath work and a visualization, and then maybe a side body stretch or a cat and cow, and then a twist. Because then you're really starting to wake everything up. So with the twist, your back is nice and long, your hips are over, your, um, hi your hips are in the chair, and your spine is long. I often have people go from side to side. What that does is it helps kick in the memory and it's um, the same thing that a child does when they're on the spectrum and they need to realign. It brings you back to center. So it integrates the right and left. Then as both sits bones are down into the chair and your spine is long, take and reach your right hand to the outside of your left leg. Take and reach the left hand to either the chair rail or the side of the chair. And inhale, lengthen, and exhale, twist. Now how many of you are twisting from your neck? 
readjust that by thinking of twisting from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. Inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist. Inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist. Inhale, lengthen. And twist. Good, look back forward. Unwind your arms, just pat your legs. And we'll switch to the other side. Left hand on the outside of the right leg, right hand to the side of the chair, right hand to the um, armrest, whatever you got. Inhale, lift. Another way of cueing, exhale, twist to one o'clock. Inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist to two o'clock. Inhale, lengthen. Exhale, twist to three o'clock. Breathing here. And then look back forward. And pat out your leg. Good. Uh, often, when people are having a hard time uh, keeping, you know, our knees and hips always like to jockey for position, often a block to stabilize or, you know, like a water bottle or a shirt, something that they can squeeze the legs to as they twist, really helps to draw to the midline and keep them from uh, cranking too far um, or uh, messing up the hip flexors. Sound good? Okay, right leg reaches up. Flex the foot. Are you getting warmer? Yeah. Good. Point the toes. Oh, we can change that. Like melting all of a sudden. Oh, we can change. We can change that now that we know what's going on. And point. It is 79. That's good. What do you want to leave it at? I could live in a sauna. Uh, it's up to you guys. So you can do one leg at a time and then stomp it out. Do the other foot at a time, flexing and pointing. One thing that I like to do if you ever work with people who have had hip or knee issues or ankle issues is to spell a name. So you can spell a name or the theme of your class or the word of the day and then all of a sudden, all oh, it goes to hell in a handbasket. Even rotating your ankle in one direction and then the other direction is interesting too to see how it's hard. So spelling works really well. All right, and then I stomp it out. Okay, from there, let's do duck feet. So we lean back a little bit and it becomes, uh, starts to engage and wake up the core and the bandhas and the diaphragmatic breathing. Let's bring our legs forward. As your legs are forward, point the toes out. Woo. All right, now bring the toes in, heels out, and switch. Again, switch. Last one. Neutral position. Now paddle. Quack, 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 quack. I like the deck analogy of life, where it looks really pretty from the top, but there's lots <laughs> of magic from underneath happening. And so we're just kind of flapping, 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 flapping as we look pretty on the surface. So use the breath to keep yourself stable. And release. Let's stop it out.
anybody feel their tummy have to engage? Yeah. Another thing, and you can't see people's feet inside of their shoes, but we did our ankle rotations. After the ankle rotations, I like to do little toe curls so that you squeeze the feet and release. And uh, that the um, saying the golf ball or the tennis ball or a little nubby ball, the only thing is be really careful of the ones that have the um, lights in them because you can give someone a stroke. So don't get the balls that have the flashing lights inside of them. Yeah. My first class. Yeah. yeah. You just want to be really careful that they don't have stuff inside of them. But there's lots of like, even like um, pet toys or things. When you go to the dollar store, you'll find yeah. some interesting things to use. Uh, and 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 squeeze the feet. Um, in little kids' classes, you know your cotton balls. A lot of times, what they do is, um, and you're not going to have usually people like this in your classes, but you never know if you're going to have a space where you can be like barefoot. But you can pick up stuff with your feet, right? That works really well because a lot of people, um, all those meridian lines and energy points, we want to keep our toes really active because if you've ever looked at a reflexology chart, your brain is in the tips of your toes, your eyes, all that stuff. So just by squeezing and getting those nerves to move are really awesome. Um, that's the, the tennis ball thing I like is because the arch of your foot is your spine. So we get cat-cow. There's so many different ways on page 47 to start to find your cat-cow. So we'll do two different versions today. With your next inhale, as your hands are to your legs, take and guide your heart up by bringing your thumbs to your hip creases, elbows and shoulders back. Exhale, hollow out the belly, chin to your collarbones. I've been doing this for years now, and I always say that this helps your boobs grow, but it's never happened. Uh, elbows back, chest is high, eyes are soft. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Inhale, lift and open, shoulders back, eyes are soft. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Inhale, lifting and opening. And exhale, hollow out the belly. All right, so if you come into a neutral space, if I had a hula hoop, I would be holding it, and I would, I can turn that thing off too. Inhale, pull in. You're just kind of shining your headlights forward. And then exhale, push it away, hollow out. Inhale, pull in. Exhale, push away. Inhale. And exhale. Good. Lift your chest up. What's good about having a hula hoop or the strap, like you were saying, Rachel, is um, it gives them something to do with their hands. Okay? And in turn... They're less fidgety, and in turn, they're less anxious. So props are really good. The entire class, you could use it. Because then I could go from there, and I could do a side body stretch, and I just take the hoop into one hand, and I've created a spinal twist. Reach. And come back forward, switch hands, and reach, taking the hoop as so far just, as you can. Just like this. Yep. And then that would allow any... Any, any, any um, body, adapt, it adapts to any body. 
because yoga is hashtag for everybody, right? It's good, yeah. Huh? Yes. Uh huh. So uh, the last one for the cat cow is I. Some you can just hold your knees. Inhale, lift. Exhale, hollow. So now you've created a brace almost, where you hold the knees to keep yourself into that containment. Cat-cow. Uh, one thing, too, is that as you're doing that, really cue the breath, because I think people forget to breathe. When you exhale, you can even like have them visualize belly presses the spine back. And with you inhale, it's almost as if your ribs are wings and you're just flying forward, so you're soaring. But any way to really think about like hollowing and creating that containment, and then inhale and finding an expression. Uh, um, with little ones, I call this a balloon breath, where you hollow out and you get really small, and you inhale and you open up. So the same concept as that, but I have them do it on the ground, and we open, and then we exhale, and we get real. Oh, nice. Open. We can't do that, obviously, in a chair, but you can do that if you land your back arms wide like a snow angel, and then exhale. And then all of a sudden, you're really seeing the power of your exhale. So finding and communicating that is a great, um, it's a great opportunity. Um, I always tell people when I'm doing mentorship, the most powerful tool is your voice, right? So communication is huge. You have to be a really good storyteller in a lot of ways to get this to um, kind of make sense to the people who are practicing with you. Uh, this is, this is uh, where we get a little um, flash dancing and you just have to be careful. <laughs> so I swear to God, and I don't know, I should not be making this judgment, but I think I go to memory care in this one facility and the guy only comes to class and out of his room to watch me do this because he never participates. But he's there and he's breathing, you know? So I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so you just have to be really careful about um, your demographic and what you're doing. And so there's a couple different ways to do an inner jar stretch. You can do it on your elbows, and then it becomes a little bit of a twist where you can even brace your, um, say, your elbows on your knees, or your hips are a little bit wider than frontal hip bone distance apart. Your left hand's in a fist. Your right hand holds on and presses into that as you twist. And you twist. Right. You should feel it on the left side. And come back to center. Take your right hand, make a fist. Left hand frames it out. Press into your legs and twist to the opposite side. This is definitely another good reason for being in a circle because if someone is, God forbid, going to topple forward and they start moving this way but already look unbalanced, you're going to stop and pull everybody back up and just do a regular kind of inner jar stretch like this. But when we're forward, you can also take and bring your hands onto your legs and you're using your hands and your, uh, as a brace and you're just going to go in circles churning in one direction and a lot of times I'll cue this as if you're like topsy-turvy and then the other direction 
and back to center. And then once you get back to center, you can also turn this into a little bit of a forward fold. So you just have to, do, once again, you're working with your specific group and your specific demographic. After you do your um, spirals, I often have people walk their hands down to the ground and the left hand stays down and the right arm either holds on to the right thigh or it reaches up high to the sky. So you create a good twist. And your head comes down and the hands switch, right hand down, right arm straightens so your hands right underneath your head, left hand to the thigh or to the sky. Well, that rhymed. <laughs> and look back down to the ground. <clears throat> and then we walk our hands up slowly. Nice deep breaths, so probably like five breaths to roll back up to a seated position. All right. When you're going into the next pose on page 49, it is a seated pigeon or a seated hamstring stretch. So a lot of people call this a figure four. Um, just like when I did in the opening when we were talking, you have to work with each person's body and for modifications on up. So your spine is long. Take and bring your right ankle and cross it over the left leg. That might be it. And then if in, this is, in fact, where you're at, just be careful of where, uh, your, how your hip flexors feel today. Straighten your legs out. Bring them back down. With the crossing of the legs, straighten them out and bring them back down. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you're just crossing at the ankles, but you're working here, and you're going to get that IT band stretch and all those muscles that I don't know, but you know, um, that work to stretch out. If that feels good, yeah, you can stay there, or we're going to go a little bit deeper and bring your right knee up, and you're going to hold on to the shin. Now, some people are not going to be able to do this. This is where the straps or something like that works really well. You can also grab onto the thigh bicep versus grabbing onto the shin. <clears throat> okay, if this is the time to get off the yoga bus, then you can just straighten the leg and do your rotations. One, uh, right leg, <laughs> one direction, and then I'm the other. I know, that's good. <laughs> Bend the knee. Okay, if you feel good, you could also try and hold the shin and pull the knee to the chest. So those of you who know, this is just like Pavan Muktasana, wind-removing pose. So someone might fart, and then you have to just kind of smile. <laughs> uh, and if that feels good, then you take it into your... Uh, figure four or your um, threading of the needle in some schools of thought when you're on your back and then you weave your hands through a threading of the needle. Your hands are on your shins, right? And what happens is when your hands are on your shins, your spine straightens up. Now you can incorporate breath work where it becomes a little bit of a bellows, right? So if we do a bellows breath and we think of those um, old-time bellows to stoke the internal flame, to stoke the fire, we're inhaling and it's expansive and you exhale and you push everything out. So you inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, push forward. You can feel it. Inhale, come up. Exhale, push forward. Inhale, come up. Exhale, push forward. 
and then come on back up. This is an opportunity if you're in a space where you can massage your feet to massage your feet. Oh, I love my toes. Right, you can take your fingers just like at, um, when people get pedicures and they put that plastic thing in between their toes and you can massage your toes. Right? People are kind of grossed out by feet. But I'm not. Body's beautiful. But this feels good. You can massage. And then if you want to go deeper, right? Remember, get off the yoga bus. Take your students where they're going to that day. If you can go deeper, the knee bends back up and the left hand holds on to the side arch of the foot. And we have our right leg forward, right? And then we straighten the leg. You can also turn it into a twist or the dance of Shiva, holding on to the side of the chair and twist, twist, twist to the right. Or not. And look back forward. Bend the knee to the chest. Come on out the same way you went in, slow and steady. All right, so what you could do is then incorporate that into an eagle. So we'll try the other side for eagle, okay? Um, same steps and process to get there with moving into the hip, but if you're going into an eagle pose, then you can literally just bend the knee up and almost as if you're pulling it up and over, you can cross left leg up over the right. And now I say like you want to squeeze like you have to pee on a long car trip so that it gets more engagement from the base of the spine. And in turn, as you squeeze the legs together, you can start to do your big hugs. Now your hugs come from the same idea of that balloon breath I showed you. Inhale, open your arms wide. Exhale, give yourself a hug, grabbing onto your opposite shoulder. Now, in yoga land, when you are t doing an adult class, right and left is pretty important. When you're teaching chair yoga, if you just make sure you say switch, that's more important than making sure that it's like the right arm and the right leg, yeah? Because it gets very confusing. Okay, so you got this nice hug. If that feels good, lift your elbows up. Good. Feel the space through the back of the shoulders, and if you want to go a little bit deeper, let's Find our bind. Grabbing onto your wrist, your thumb, maybe your strap, right? Because you have all these tools and props to get you there. And reach the wrists forward. Very good. You okay, Kate? All right, unwind the arms, inhale, and then we soar, we fly, and we unwind the legs. And the hands come down. Good. There's lots of different paths to get to the same result. We just want to make sure you're finding what feels comfortable for your student. Um, the next thing is riding a bike. You can go fast, you can go slow, you can go um, wide leg, you can be really close. It's hard and it moves into boat pose. It's very similar to it, so I would usually only pick one or the other. This one, I definitely make sure people scoot their buns forward. If they're in a wheelchair, I just have them go with one leg because I don't want them to exacerbate the issue or I don't want them to fall. Um, if you can, 
you're moving the buns forward, one leg comes up and you pedal. So I'll be nice to the left leg. We'll lower the right leg and do it to the left leg. And if you're not doing this from the proper muscle groups, your hips flexors started kind of hurt, so make sure you're using your belly. And if you want to, put both legs up and pedal. <laughs> That's okay. You can dip your toes in the water too, like you're <laughs> hanging from the boat. It's very hard. And release. Good. Cueing breath the entire time. That's our magic word. Breath, breathe, breathe, breath, breath. Okay, inhale, exhale. Breathe, 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 breath, breath, breath. Okay, what's another word? Inspire. Boat pose, you can do with arms, you can do with um, just legs, but make sure that it feels okay. Part of boat pose is a hamstring, ham, excuse me, hamstring stretch. So if you do have a strap and they don't can't like lift both legs up at a time, put the strap underneath the foot, hold on to the strap and take the leg forward. If they can't, even if you don't have a strap, there's always an ottoman nearby or another chair. Put the feet up on the chair in front of you and then have them feel just a hamstring stretch. Okay? If I go like this and straighten my heels out forward, I'm doing a hamstring stretch. My hips are on the chair, my hamstrings are active, and my toes are reaching high to the sky, so it's a dorsiflex, right? Okay? Reach your arms up. What pose am I doing? Yep, what else am I doing? There's only six poses in yoga, right? And they're all just like repeated over and over. Down dog. Down dog. Yay! <laughs> We're doing down dog. Hamstring stretch. Good. All, my, all I'm doing is my spine is straight, my arms are as high as they'll get, and my legs are straight out in front of me. Exhale, arms come down. You feel the fresh oxygenated blood go into the fingertips. As you stomp out your feet, you wake up the legs again from your hamstring stretch. Yeah, very cool. All right, we did our wide leg forward fold and our wide leg forward fold twist already. What I would say about that one is it's um, definitely more of an advanced pose. You are not going to be using this seated twist unless someone is able to do it, which means that someone has to feel that they don't have any eye issues, any blood pressure issues, any dizzy stuff going on that day. We can start making a list of all the things you can think of that could make someone feel uncomfortable. If they just ate breakfast, you're not going to like be doing that. If they're already unstable, you're not going to focus on it. Um, and then we move into some really fun poses for balance and strength. And they're merged into a bunch of different areas in your manual. So we'll start off with this little golden nugget of very simple uh, elementary poses. We are going to stand up. And as we stand up, we're going to move to the back of the chair. Is that Peter over there? Because you work in the cave and make nurturing. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
<laughs> I'm a cave dweller. All right, so here we are. We're standing and working on our balance and strength poses. We're working on allowing our body to root down and stabilize. So I love words for stabilization because have you ever told a group of kids that we're going to ground Yeah, ground down. Huh? If I say, okay, we're gonna we're 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 gonna ground down. We're gonna get grounded. They look at me and they get really pissed. Because they don't want to get grounded. So I'm always trying to find new words for ground or grounding, right? So stabilize, terra firma, root to rise, all kinds of different words that don't have negative connotations. Uh, I spent a long time in the beauty industry and uh, so I worked for a lot of people who were already on this woo-woo track, so it made it easier in my life to like be the person that I am. But we could never say something was a problem. We always had to say it was a challenge. An opportunity, right? So I always like to think of, like, if you know there's a trigger word that's negative, always try and say something. You're not going to say, are you anxious or overwhelmed <laughs> to your group? You're going to say, like, are you, are you feeling like your tummy's heavy? Or are you feeling your heart heavy? Let's try and find some lightness and then spin it in that positive direction. So when you tell someone that they're going to um, kind of root down and stabilize sounds way better than we're going to ground down or we're going to get grounded. Um, if you have your shoes on, then what you're trying to feel is just as same thing as when you're teaching a regular student or human being how to find stabilization in their feet. We have four points of contact. So we always start our practice from the feet up, ground up. And if you think of your foot, I'm just going to bring my foot forward, but you've got the, and you think of your foot like a car, you've got the axles of the car with the two wheel bases, right? And so you've got two wheels here and two wheels here. So you have four points of contact. Sometimes if you make more of a tripod, a triangle, it gets a little confusing for people. Same thing with the hands, because your hands are your feet, your feet are your hands. So you've got the four points of contact, and then you have lightness and lightness. It's called the arc of intelligence. We're trying to get people to spread out and feel the connection so they don't even need to use their toes. And the arches of their feet literally spring up like a trampoline. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. So what I like to tell people, even if they're in their shoes, is take the big toes to touch down to the ground and spread out uh, the rest of the toes as you lift them up. Lower them down from pinky toe to big toe. Hard. Okay, and now sway from side to side. And remember, your chair is a prop, so you can be holding the chair or not. And then all we're going to do is, as the ball mounts and the heels are down, when you lift your toes up, you can feel that lift of the arch. But when your toes are down, it's a little bit harder. So feel the lightness in your feet. And we're going to just kind of roll to the ball mounts of the feet. Good. And then lower your heels back down. Toes up, ball mounts of the feet up. Good, roll back forward. So this is me being silly. Lift your heels up like you're wearing Kit Kat heels, which are just the little pumps. Lower back down. Toes up, only on the heels. And then roll back forward. And now you're pulling out the stilettos, so like the four inches. Lift up and roll back down. 
Good, and then roll the toes forward and get up as high as you can, as high as you can, as high as you can. In Sanskrit, it's called Urdhvahasdasana. You're lifting up to the skies. And exhale, lower yourself back down. Leaning back into the heels. I think this and, would be really good for plantar fasciitis. Yeah, uh-huh. Like the tennis ball thing, yep. Mm -hmm. Or uh, when people wear flip-flops and they're always like, my feet hurt. You're like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, and then um, I don't know if you've ever um, like that moonwalking kind of idea, like the Michael Jackson thing. You're going to rotate and kind of go to each side of the foot, front, back, north, south, right, left, top, bottom. You're just holding onto the chair and moving your hips as you go in rotation. Okay, kind of sticking with the tree analogy, we'll find center. And move uh, the root to rise analogy. We're going to find tree. I just set it backwards, but you get the drift. Um, the left leg is going to go down. Take the right heel, and I'm going to move away from the chair so you see. Take the right heel and place it on top of your shin, uh, uh, top of the foot, the shoelace side of the foot. That might be as far as your students get. But what happened to my pelvic bowl? Well, I know what happened to mine. What happened to yours? <laughs> <laughs> Shifted. Your Shifted. right here. Yeah, what yeah. happened here? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it did, right? So you created more space and elongation through the torso. Mm -hmm. Okay, if that feels good, and now you've got that grounded base, then bring your foot like a kickstand to your ankle. Good. Now bring it to the calf. Fantastic. Good. And then if you can, go a little bit further. What's going to happen is you might hit your knee, but you're um, okay. If you're drawing the center and you're finding balance between the right and the left leg, you're okay. We don't want people to grab their shins and pull up because it gives you a hip hike. But if you do, and I know I'm going to break some people's myths of the knees, if you push knee into foot and foot into knee and you have that engagement and you're elevating up from the proper muscle groups, you're never going to hurt your knee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. some people can't get there, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then, and then you can also bring one arm up. Uh, you can keep a hand to the chair and bring one arm up. If you can bring both arms up, that's great. They always know the chair is there. The important thing is, is that you allow people to be, remember where they're at for that day and that moment. And that's why I, I personally like classes like um, that are a sequence that is, uh, never changes because every day I'm different. That practice is different, right? So every day if you allow people to be where they're at and you went to the space and did tree pose, but they could get their foot up one day really high and then the other day they couldn't, they shouldn't judge themselves. It's just where they're at. It's going to change. It evolves. Could you repeat that same sequence? Like you repeat the same sequence sometimes? Oh, every, if, you wrote, if you're keeping your journal and your log and then you came back and did the same sequence over and over, it's going to be different every time. Your words are going to be different. Your theme is going to be different. Your intention is different. Um, and their bodies are different. So you can do the same thing over and over. Okay. 
I know, like, we're, like, really, like, teaching vinyasa because it changes every time and you get to change well, no, the theme. Well, interesting. Like I, I, I was just thinking, I mean, I spend, sometimes I spend a lot of time creating videos. Yeah. Sometimes I go, oh, my gosh, I'll just look through my pages to see use. Yep. Recycle. But then the, my joke is they don't remember from one week to the next anyway. <laughs> nope. <clears throat> so the military teaches Ashtanga Yoga now. Our American military does Ashtanga Yoga practice to learn about breath and resiliency training. Because all we're doing here is pragmatic resiliency training. In, in other cultures, even in prison systems, they teach either Ashtanga or some variation of a sequence, like a Bikram sequence or a whatever you know, school of thought the teacher's coming in. And those just be the same thing every time. Because it was to get your head on straight. And, and no matter how many times you do something, it can be different every time. It's great you keep a log. I think that's important. I found out, too, that with the senior class I went to for six weeks, that um, some of them said they kind of only like when Mary comes because we kind of know her routine and we feel more empowered. And she was yeah. like in her 80s, but yeah. she felt like she was feeling more empowered because she knew. She, you know, and I was like the first one we were doing. But a lot of seniors... And they feel empowered if they're able yeah. to do things because, oh, yeah, this is what it was. Or yeah. Some of them, you know, you might have short-term memory, but they're not, you know, they're active. Right. Days. And practice is progress, right? And balance is mm -hmm. different every day and mm -hmm. forever, but for me. Yes. And using that, they can see themselves progress. Yeah. If you use the same sequence, they, oh, I didn't used to be able to do that last week. Now I can do it this week. Mm -hmm. Next week I'll be even better. Mm -hmm. You get a golden yeah. star. And you're sensitive, too, because there's one that there's a paraplegic that comes very functional, paraplegic, but of course she can't do. But she, that Mary's met with her on the side. Mm -hmm. So that's, if there's, can I come in and have her meet with you? Yeah. Mary, and so there's certainly things that she can't do with her legs, but she's given her other adaptations, mm -hmm. which that's are so cool. very empowering for her, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I was just going to say one thing, you know, a lot of older people have that postural hypertension, and like getting up after sitting a long time, just like from there to there, you know, their blood pressure, they get it, it just drops. Mm -hmm. And it happens a lot with when they're doing some exercise or they're putting their head down, uh -huh. doing the down, and they go up. I mean, that's a really good cue to watch people because yeah. they can get very dizzy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sitting to standing, they yeah. get, their blood pressure just drops because yeah. they're already. Same with when you do the, with their heads down and then all of a sudden they're looking up and they're yeah. down. Yeah. And just be kind of sensitive. Yeah, that, no, that's great. With um, older people. <clears throat> that's great. And it's important that you say that because the stuff we're doing now, I only do in offices, in, yeah, in, in school right. stuff. Yeah. I'll, if I'm going into an assisted living facility and it's more where they like really need a lot of assistance, we keep our tush to the cush the entire time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you'll really have to make it for your group. Yeah, each group mm -hmm. is different. But. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed at how some of these people can, you know, they're walking with a walker and sit down, and all of a sudden they're, like, stretched and feeling great. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, so, anyway. So important. Yeah. Uh, if you turn to page 60, um, then we move into goddess pose. Some people call this horse pose. Um, some people call it that they're going to the ballet bar. So that this becomes the ballet bar. Your toes point out, and we come into a little bit of a squat. 
So you can go ba-doom, 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 like this, the back of the chair are the reins and you're going on a little horsey ride, or you can go really like you're going on an elevator and say that this is the um, uh, penthouse when you're standing. And we're going to go down to the fifth floor. And then we're going to go down to the fourth floor. And we don't have to go all the way. So just breathing deeply until we get to ground level. And then the elevator guy's like, do you want to go back up? And you're like, please. And we go all the way back up. So you get to decide, right? If it's an active group and say like you all know goddess pose from um, doing uh, work outside, you can lift just one heel. Lower it back down. Lift the other heel. Lower it back down. You're only using this to assist as a prop to allow you to go deeper into a pose so that you can get the benefit of it. It doesn't have to be super crazy or super intense. And then I have people toe heel their feet back together. And we move into a crescent lunge. So crescent lunge, let's all face the right. And as you face the right, just think you could have done tree this way if you had a more adept group, right? And then you could have taken and uh, done some like leg lifts. I don't know, I do not teach bar class. I just make this stuff up. But think of like a bar class. You can add in that stuff. And then you can take it to tree and reach up and then go the opposite direction of the knee. So the knee is pushing out to the right, but your fingers are reaching to the center of our circle. Then you're, you know, really showing no matter which way the wind blows, you're strong and stable. But if we take it into a uh, crescent, you always want the leg that's stable and grounded touching down, closest to the chair. Okay? Take and bend your right knee gently up and then step back with your right foot. If you're a warrior one person and you're really interested in making sure the foot's all the way down, go for it. Or... The heel is high, and the left leg is strong with that bent knee. You can stay here and keep your hand to your hip, or reach your right arm up high to the sky. Good. Exhale, hand back to your right hip. Step your right foot to meet the left, and look back at the front of our space. Good. Very good. Are you going to be sad if we don't do the other side? Yeah. Okay. Turn to the other side. Take your with okay, so you be partners with her. You be partners with her. You be partners with her. You be partners. Okay. Whoever wants to go first, say I'm going first and the other person has to stand near you. Okay. Whoever is going first, um, so now the right foot is at the chair. The left hand is to the hip and the left knee is going to lift up and you're going to step the left foot back, left heel high. Okay? Now reach your left arm up high. Whoever is the teacher, so I'm, I'm my imaginary friend, hi, take your um, teacher or is the person who's not doing the pose, take your uh, one of your hands into a fist. So I would say take your right hand into a fist because your friend is on their left leg. And take the hand to the thigh bicep and push into the thigh bicep. So see how active their leg is. Push of the in. Back, of the back. Yep, of the back. Of, so the thigh bicep is in the back. Press into it, and then they have to engage their leg more. 
get their hip flexor active. Yeah. yeah, so you're not touching the tushy, you're touching the, like, yeah, no, 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 no tushy touching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those of you who are in the pose, do you feel a difference now in the pose? Yeah. In the activation? Good. Now release your friend, and then they can get out of the pose, and now try it, switch people. Now I do this in with normal people, like a normal yoga class, so that they really feel how passive we become. Even though we might look really good, we're not engaged. Bones hug muscles, muscles hug bones. So as the right foot is down, right hand to the chair, left hand to the hip, bring the left knee up, step the left foot back, crescent lunge. Now reach the left arm high, and your friend is gonna come with their right fist and they're going to push into your thigh bicep to activate your oh, glute. Oh, yeah. Cool. Ooh, activate yes. your glute. <laughs> so in a crescent lunge, your glute is up really high. Yep, yes. there you go. Oh, you got oh, thighs on, so it's yeah. going to be hard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, and then release. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Interesting, right? Yeah. It is so easy to fake it yeah. in yoga, period. Right? Um, find your partner again. And this goes with alignment and this goes with engagement. These girls have done this with me, but I don't know if you all have heard this before. If your bones hug your muscles and your muscles hug your bones, that means it's dynamic opposition, right? Well, okay, Einstein was a big yogi, and we already know E equals MC squared means that every little cell, fiber, neuron, every energetic particle of our being is active. But my bones hugging my muscles, right? That doesn't make sense. Reach your hand out to your friend and shake their hand like you really want the job. Okay? Okay? Now reach the hand and shake their hand like you don't want the job and you're going to gross them out. Okay? Okay? Now find the middle path. So the bones and muscles work together, shaking their hand. That's what's happening between you and your body dynamic. That's the engagement that you're having. And a lot of people, when you notice, now come to your mat. Now you know what it feels like, right? So come to your chair, I guess I should say, not your mat. Mm, open your arms up. Good. Make your hands into fists. Okay? Feel the bones and muscles activate so that you don't have bat wings now. Squeeze the muscles around the bones and now squeeze the bones around the muscles. It's hard. Reach the fingers out, but keep that engagement. This is where the radiance comes from. It's not from the like, oh, I can do a scorpion. It's coming from really finding the breath control. Really finding everything engaged and active. Interesting, yes? I do that a lot in chairs, so we can try that in chair pose, too. Because a lot of people eat their ears. All right. So I went on a little tangent, but that crescent lunge really helps you to find the engagement, that little activity that you do as a teacher. You would not do that in your class. But how can you find the words to tell your student to feel that connected at that time? Um, warrior three is a little bit of a down dog. So let's start off doing down dog first. Down dog is interesting because I can do down dog 
by draping my chest over the back of the chair and putting my hand to the chair and my forehead down. And I'm in down dog. It's just natural traction for the spine. Well, your elbows come back towards your body so your shoulders are open. Yep. All right, so this is where you really have to make sure the chair is not going to move around because that would be really bad. Okay? Now walk your hands back up and take the hands to the back of the chair and walk your tushy back so that your chest is parallel with the floor and your hands are forward and your feet are on the ground. Anybody else's back and shoulders crack? No. I'm the only one who's messed up. <laughs> I don't know, that feels so good. So good. Okay, now lift your chest back up and turn to the wall that's near you and press your hands into the wall. As your chest is parallel to the ground and your heels are underneath your hips. And what do you, what do you think about that? Fantastic. Right? So there you have, yet again, another opportunity to create space. Okay? You could also do puppy dog or forearm balance, and I'm going to use here. Same thing. I'm in down dog. I'm just on my elbows, and I'm in this space. So try that one. It's puppy dog because you're more in a dolphin-y kind of a thing. We're going to skip page um, 63 for a second and turn to page 64. So for here, these are just some additional poses. Standing head to knee or parsvottanasana is uh, like pyramid pose. You're standing um, over the folded leg. You could, with your left hand to the chair and step the right foot back, you could face forward right hand to your hip and bring your chest halfway. If that feels okay, you can go even further and bring your face towards your shin. Now mind you, it depends on your group. You're not going to do this with everybody. And then use your exhale to come back up. Okay, let's work on stretching out that leg that we just opened up. Place your right hand on the side of the chair. You're facing the left side of the room. Your right toes and your left toes are pointing forward, so everything's in alignment. And you can find your hip distance that you like for your feet. But take and bring your left knee up. Flex the left foot left ankle, top of the right leg, and sit like you're sitting in a chair. And there we have that figure four that we did, or that hip opener. Okay, come on back up. Beginning to uh, release the legs, look back to the back of your chair. And now all we're gonna do is take and uh, find a little bit of a wide leg stance. Point your toes to the right. Left hand to uh, 
the side of the chair, uh, sorry, right hand to the side of the chair, bend the right knee, and reach your left arm up high. So you're just in a warrior two, but now reach up and over, and you're in a variation of extended side angle stretch or bent knee triangle. Come on back up, straighten the right leg, toe heel your feet close together. Now take, and if you had your strap or your scarf or something, you could now take and bring the right hand to the chair, left elbow towards the left rib cage, bring your left hand to the left foot, other left foot. All right, kick foot into hand, hand into foot, and lean forward on the chair. And you've now done dancer pose or Natarajasana. Good. Come on back up. If we flip to or just look to the next page on page 65, I showed you that downward facing dog. So your elbows could be down, your hands could be down. You also could take and bring yourself into pyramid pose, just like what we did with the back of the chair. If your elbows are to the ground and you want to go deeper into the hamstring stretch, switch your legs. So that one foot is staggered forward, one foot is back. Both legs are straight. Neck is long. If I want to make it into a revolved triangle, keep your right elbow down, lift your left arm up, and find a twist. So you should be facing, I have my right elbow down, and I'm looking to the back of the chair. So my right elbow is down. <laughs> and the left arm's up, left leg forward. So it becomes a revolved triangle. Look down to the ground and slowly just um, walk your hands back up on the chair, little micro bend in the knees, and you stand up tall. You could also do that same kind of a concept and do a extended side angle stretch, okay? So if I want to hold the back of the chair and we're still on the left leg. My left leg is gonna stay there. My right foot's gonna come out and I'm bending my knee on the left side. I can bring my left hand to the side of the chair and my right arm up, and I'm moving towards extended side angle. So um, I'm on, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. My hand is pressing into the chair instead of getting to the floor, but I'm still getting the extension. And if I want to, I can reach my right arm up and over. And then come on back up, straighten both legs, and we'll move to sitting on the chair. As we come to uh, sitting on the chair, you can see like in the second column there, you could do a warrior one just by turning, and we're going to do this in our sun salutation that we're going to practice. You turn, say, to the um, right. Right thigh is um, parallel with the floor. Right foot is down, and your left leg reaches back, and, oh, you've got a warrior one. You could hold the back of the chair with your right hand. Left arm reaches up, and you've got this really nice stretch. Come on back, 
We're going to do this on the other side um, when we do a sun salutation, so I'm going to stop there. But let's do a warrior two with the left leg straddling the chair. Once again, flash dancey, only done for a certain group of individuals. You are taking and um, bringing the left leg up and over, and your right leg is reaching out, toes forward. Arms open, you're in a warrior too. Oops, sorry. <laughs> and you reach up and you pull <laughs> the water. <laughs> oh. That was funny. Yep. You can also take this into a variation of pigeon, right? So now just sweep the left leg forward so the left knee is forward and draw the right toes back and grab onto your foot. And you are now in a variation of pigeon or dancer's pose because you're working your hip flexors. Everybody okay? Then you could take and even bring yourself into a full pigeon. Keep the left knee, this is still the left leg still on the chair. Bring the knee up and look over to the left, flex the left foot and reach your right leg back. Cool. Oh, it feels okay to get into this pose by like if you were standing and have them kneel. First and then oh yeah, I'm just showing you different poses. Yeah, whatever feels, whatever's safe, wise. safe, whatever's safe. Okay. So, yeah, cool. so um, let's say that that's what you were going to teach, JJ, and we're all standing up. Will you put us into the pose? Sure. Okay. You want to volunteer the cue? I know, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's smart. <laughs> That's, that's why it's practice is practice is progress. So stand about back from your chair. You may need to adjust this as you go. So you're standing facing the seat of your chair. And since everybody's body is different, feel free to make adjustments as you go so that you feel safe and comfortable. Bend your right knee and place your right knee onto the seat of your chair. And then slide your left foot back, relaxing your butt towards your heel. <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> and as you relax into the pose, relaxing your weight down, your hips down towards your right heel, extending your left leg back, stretching through your hip flexors. Uh -huh. So is your shin on the chair? Or yes, are that's you gonna... the first point. Okay, okay. Yes. Cool. So if you'd like to move further into the pose, place your hands on the side of the chair, push up, push your weight up a little bit, shift your right ankle towards your left hip, and then relax down. Push up again with your hands. Come up. Very good. Very good. Yay! <laughs> the only reason I asked, I had my back against you, so I was like, okay, this feels good. My hip's getting a stretch. I just didn't know where where the shin was in relation because I couldn't see behind my head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Cool.
Felt good? Yeah. All right. So there's many different paths to lead to the one. Yoga. You also see in here there is a camel pose and two different versions of bridge. We're not going to do bridge A. <laughs> I but, yeah, that's more of an Iyengar. Um, you know, Iyengar yoga does a lot of chair stuff. Yep. So that's a great reference manual is just to get an Iyengar chair yoga manual. Um, that always works really well. Uh, they use the chairs um, as a prop, especially with like shoulder stands and inversion practices, so you get more into that linear component. Um, but remember that that... I love Iyengar yoga. I love practicing every discipline of yoga. I'm not putting it down. But when Iyengar took pictures for his manual, Light on Yoga, he got really super sick after. Like super sick, like hospitalized. So that you have to remember that these poses are only for specific people and specific things. And sometimes you can force someone into a position that's not what they need to be in. And Iyengar especially likes to get people deeper with these props that sometimes might not be what that person needs at that time. And unless you've been seeing someone for a really long time, I want to make sure you don't like force someone into something. Yeah, that's all I would say. Have you seen the A Chair for Yoga? No. Book. Mm -mm. It's sort of anger based, but it's not quite as crazy. Like, fold yourself into yeah. the orgum. Cool. It's <laughs> a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll check it out. Um, but that bridge comes from that. You can also just hold the uh, from my anger style. You can just hold the chair and bring your legs yeah. out and lift your heart. So it's like Purvo Tanasana. Yep, which is more of a heart opener, and you're just keeping your buns on the chair. You can also take and just do a camel and still get that full expression where you're holding on to the sides of the chair, and your chest comes forward, and your heart is open. It's good stuff, Maynard. I haven't heard that in years. And then we release. What I'd like to do before we go on to page... Um, the art, fun things with 66. I want to go to um, uh, an idea of a seated sun salutation. As we go through all of these uh, uh, postures that we're sitting on the platform of the breath, um, you can start linking them together, right? So one thing to do that you could think about is say you're doing a chair pose, but you have a really adept group then you're lifting the hips up and you're doing like little uh, chair lifts, lowering them back down. Say you're going to do a chair pose and this is kind of what we're going to do here in the sun salutation. Just because someone might be like say a paraplegic or um, infirmed or have something going on, it doesn't mean that they can't do a forward fold, right? So inhale, reach your arms up high like you're skiing, exhale, chest parallel, arms reach back. Inhale, reach the arms up high. Exhale, chest parallel, arms reach back. Inhale, arms go high. Exhale, chest parallel, arms go back. Inhale, reaching up high. Right? Exhale, arms come down. But that gives you a gist of like, you know, you're doing that, um, uh, stoking the internal flame, so you're doing a deep breathing, 
and you're bringing your head on the same plane as your heart, so it gets your heart rate up. Uh, now we're going to take that into a sun salutation. So that would be Utkata, your chair pose. Inhale, reach your arms up high. Exhale, chest parallel, arms reach back. Inhale, reach the arms up high. As you exhale, start twisting to the right. Left foot reaches back, right toes go to the right, so then the left leg goes back, and you're in a warrior one. Your right hand can come to the side of the chair, and the left hand can hold on to your right leg, or reach up high to the sky, it really depends. Exhale, come on back, hands to your heart. Inhale, reach high. Exhale, chest parallel. Inhale, reach high. And now we're going to twist again. Exhale, left hand to the chair, left foot to the left side of the chair, and your right leg can be in a crescent or a warrior. And breathe. Good. Inhale, come on back. Arms reach high. Exhale, chest parallel. Inhale, arms reach high. Exhale, arms come down. We just did a sun salutation. Good. <laughs> That's good. The um, page 66 is a great way to show a little bit of shoulder openers where um, if anybody's done Gomukhasana or cow face pose, you can take and reach your arms up if they have the ability. Grab onto your opposite elbow if they have the ability. And if they can't bring their arms up, the picture for A version is you bring your hands back behind you and you grab onto your wrists. And you're kind of, you would be, you know, the hands would be behind the chair if you wanted them to. And your hands could grab onto your forearms. Your hands could grab onto your elbows. Right, so your chest is open, your back is long, your eyes are soft. If that feels okay, then as the arms reach up high, you take and bring your, let's take our right middle finger to the C7, the bulgy part of your neck, right elbow high. Left uh, hand grabs onto the elbow. Okay, if that feels good, you can go a little bit further, take the left hand and bring it back behind you, maybe touching fingertip to fingertip. Maybe not. And with your next exhale, unwind. Good. Do we need to do the other side? You're all kind of like... Okay, shake it out. Let it go. The next stretch you've seen, the playing the piano we did, you could do Shavasana literally with your forehead to the um, chair. It's very similar when you go into classrooms and you do one potato two with the forehead on the desk and then you just fog up the desk. You, uh, you could also do it with your legs straight, sitting on the ground, but a lot of times you're not going to get there, right? And then in turn, what you would start to do is your finishing sequence, which I had mentioned before would be your spine twisting and your half moon on 68 and 70. <coughs> Um, where you go through um, a spine twist. So we'll lift our chest up high. And as you exhale, let's take and bring our right hand to the side of the chair, left hand to the outside of the chair. Inhale, lengthen. 
and exhale, twist. Inhale, lengthen, exhale, twist. Inhale, exhale. And gaze back forward, unwinding. And we'll find the second side. Left hand goes back, right hand outside of the leg. Inhale, lengthen, exhale, twist. Inhale, lengthen, exhale, twist. Nice. Come on back to center. Relax yourself out and shake it out. Then we'll do a little side body stretch. Let's use it as if we are pretty adept at moving. And we're going to keep our right hand to the right thigh versus holding onto the chair. Reach the left arm up. Arching up and over, start to gaze to the hand that's in the air. Come on back, hands to the legs. Inhale, right arm up, left hand presses into the thigh, reaching up and over as you press down through the behind. Reaching, gazing to the right hand. And bring the hand back, arms down. All right, finding a nice deep breath and feeling your body relaxed and grounded. This is where we would go into the um, visualization portion of our class. Perfect. Yeah. So these additional sequences are on page 77, and then we'll flip back to 67 to go over some stuff before you all get a chance to teach. Um, seated cat-cow variation would be where you inhale and grab the back of the chair, and as you exhale, your hands go behind you and your chest comes forward. Inhale, hands grab the sides of the chair, and exhale, chest comes forward. So this would be more of like a sequence in the sense that you could do it like the sun salutation a couple times in a row and it could be considered a practice. Then the other thing is, is that, that um, it shows you right there. You just kind of do it over and over. You can add in on the second column. You can add in hands to your heart. Inhale, reach high. Exhale, forward, forward. Inhale, reach up. Exhale, hands to your chair, to your legs, hollow out the belly. Inhale, lift your chest up, and then you do the same thing over and over again, right? So that it's become like a forward fold, a cat-cow, and you've added it all in together that you get a really big benefit. Starfish regenerate, right? And they have five limbs, so I say that your head is the fifth limb. But you could inhale, open everything up, reaching everything wide, and be as bright as a star. And exhale, hands come to your heart. Inhale, open up wide, 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 wide. I can't open up wide because there's lots of stuff here. And then exhale, hands to your heart. So it's like a jumping jack, right? Inhale, open wide. And exhale, hands come to your heart, feet come together. And we can stop. It was fun while it lasted. Um, yeah, but the idea of starfish pose, which I um, try to instill in classes, if we are as bright as a star, you can use star as an acronym. Stop, take a breath, um, A for come into alignment, and then relax, right? So that we inhale and woo, we open up, exhale, you come back to center. 
Inhale, open, it's an expression. Exhale, come back to center where you can relax, take a breath, and have that alignment. So if you like acronyms, there's lots of acronyms out there in the universe to pick from. I could walk through halls and schools and find tons of really good ones, you know, and then you can assimilate it into your practice. Uh, then the bottom part of that um, on 77, where your lift, kick, tap, and punch, you want to think about, like, um, it's just like kickball chain, like as if you went to teach from Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, and you are, um, you can just punch your arms, right? Opposite arm, like you're at a punching bag, and then you can relax your arms and kick your legs with some rhythm, right? Because we're creating that internal metronome of the breath. And then you can start to, just like the um, super walk, you can do left hand, right leg, right hand, left leg, left hand, right leg, right hand, left leg. But this time we're not tapping our knees or elbows to knees or anything. We're just moving. And then you can even, you know, keep adding on to it and you can hold on to the side of the chair. And a lot of people like when you bring in like oldies but goodies, right? They like things that reference back to life. And, and so you can go kickball chain, kickball chain and do all kinds of fun stuff like that. So if you know kickball chain and all kinds of different dance moves, you can do that. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's all good. No, I know. Woo, party. Yeah. Fun, yes? So basically you're like doing the rumba or dancing or something and just having some fun. Um, but... It allows you to uh, just keep incorporating different things from your experiences to the mat or to the chair. And um, if we turn to 67, what I was going to teach you is for my uh, thing that I was going to teach you all is um, the things that are on here. We did thigh rocking. We've done running in place, page 67, yep. And we've done the idea of knee circles where you're just kind of making circles with your knees. Um, if you've ever seen like the idea of um, shavasana or relaxation or rest and dream time, um, squeezing and then letting go is a huge thing. Um, um, with kids, we always do limp noodle tests. So their arm is really relaxed like in pasta noodle and they would go around and like hold the arm and see if it's relaxed or if it's active because a lot of people... Um, <clears throat> Instead of being proactive, get really reactive and get really locked out and tight. Um, this is the same concept. You cross your arms at your chest and you uh, squeeze, hold your breath, and then exhale. Let it go. Then cross your legs at your knees and your ankles and squeeze, 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 squeeze. And whoo, let it go. You can even do the other side on both of them to make it longer. And then you take and make fists of your hands and crunch, 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 and let it go. Same thing with your toes. Crunch up all your toes. Squeeze, 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 and let it go. And then you make a funny face. Squeeze your face, squeeze your face, squeeze your face, and let it go. Now you take one hand to your tummy, one hand to your heart, and you would really get into the breath and listen to the space that you've created and give the students, whether they're young or old, time to rebound. Uh, rebound. 
Yeah. Mm, I'm also a big proponent of head massages. Like, you know, when people go like this and they make your head all nice or there's that copper thing that they try to sell you at the mall. Yeah, that where kids like that. That's fun. Adults like that. It's a fun little sensation. Um, that feels really good. There's something called sparking the vagus nerve. I don't know if you all know much about the vagus nerve, but neurologically that's the thing that helps you to calm down. It gets the parasympathetic nervous system to relax. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to spark it. And um, so you start off by tapping your tummy. Tap the right side three times. Tap the center three times. Tap the left side three times. And then with the index finger at the indent at the neck, tap three times. And then the left side three times. And I like to do that little um, thing at the, what do you call it? Adam's apple region. And then if you uh, want to, I did the base of the neck, but you can also tap like right behind the ears three times on the right three times at the left, tap with your fingers at the crown three times, tap with your fingers at the um, top of your head three times, and then your hairline three times, and then you tap at the um, eyebrows, kind of going from center to out. And that's supposed to be like a brain gym or a smart move or an exercise in which you calm your system down. Very similar to EFT. Has anybody studied that? So emotional freedom technique. Um, it's like when you're anxious and you tap your chest like Tarzan and Jane. It relaxes you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Then the next one is a chi awakening experience. Very similar, it goes into tapping, and it uses that uh, pat the bear that I had showed you. So you start off tapping your face. And you can start off with the top of your head and go to your forehead. And you can get your sinuses after you touch your temples. I can tell exactly where my sinuses are clogged and tight. <laughs> And then you can get your jaw. As you're tapping your jaw, bring your lower teeth to the right and look up to the left. And bring your jaw back to center, your gaze back to center, and now look to the right with your eyes and take your jaw to the left. Look back forward, jaw relaxes, that helps with TMJ, and then you're going to take and bring your hands to your neck, from the neck you're going to bring the tapping down towards the chest, and just like king or, uh, king or queen of the jungle, you're tapping, sometimes I like people to really get into the breath work and make funny noises. Uh, and then you can tap 
and go down the right arm just like what we did before. Obviously we would go way slower patting the bear and go underneath the arm. We started on the top of the arm. All right, and then we can switch. Right hand goes down the left side. Left hand goes up. And from here, then you take and pat your chest, your ribs, your tummy. The gallbladder meridians on the sides of the legs, so I always like to take my hands into fists and hit the sides of the legs. From the sides of the legs, hit the top of the legs. You can tickle the top of the legs. You can swipe the top of the legs. And we'll start to go down the shins. And once you get to the toes, feel that you can even massage one foot at a time as your head hangs. From this position, you can just hang over and let it flow. You could turn it into a twist. But we'll just stay here. You've been doing a lot today. And we'll take and find a good breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. <coughs> and start to unwind, rolling up as if a couple inhales and exhales can really get you back up to the top. And just feel yourself relaxing as you smile and breathe. Now that we've kind of gone through the manual, before we go into the kind of uh, different sequence of opportunities and review that part of the book and go back to the breathing and the uh, meditation mantra practice, uh, what I would like to do is have each one of you teach a fun pose. Concluding the manual by going to 71, just so you know what's at the back chunk of the manual. Um, just, I always feel like I'm throwing in the kitchen sink sometimes when I put things in here, but it, you know, you can always pick and choose what you want, and you can never have enough information. You just kind of have to decide. So after you would teach your final um, side body stretch and then your twist and your balloon breaths, you would, uh, or any kind of um, breath work, you would move into some kind of relaxation or closing visualization. A lot of times what I end up doing is a body scan, so we'll be going over how to literally create a body scan uh, because I feel like if you breathe into every little part of your body, it makes people more aware um, and stays in that idea of connection. And even though we breathe all time, all the time uh, unconsciously, we don't really think like, oh, I'm breathing into my kneecap or oh, I'm breathing into the back of my ear. Uh, then on page 71, after you do your visualization, whatever it might be, you do uh, maybe one more deep, deep breath. And that's when I really like to say thank you for the kindness and for being here. 
uh, and um, telling them that they're all strong spirits and that they can tap into this movement and breathing practice anytime because really if you just take conscious active breath or a three-part breath, then you're doing yoga. I put a little bit of a thing on page 71 about namaste to kind of give you an idea of what namaste is. And um, you, I, on 72 it says, um, with the power of my arms, with the intelligence of my mind, with the love of my heart, I honor and respect the soul, spirit, beauty, light, and power within me, but also within you. And it's really important that you're saying that. The way that this book was written is for an hour-long sequence. So it was page 73 kind of goes through really what we did, um, maybe taking some out, but um, pretty much nothing's omitted. You go through your grounding and visualization, invoking the breath, eyes, neck, shoulders, and arm stretching, wrist exercises, legs, low back, hips, hamstrings, standing poses for balance and strength, finishing sequences, and then your relaxation, closing, visualization. Page 74 gives you some formatting ideas where you're going through a perk up kind of 15 minutes, calm down 15 minutes, and then a relaxation exercise, um, which continues on page 75. Uh, 77 is, we went through those additional sequences. 78 is the uh, brain gym exercise that helps with your neurocellular patterns and uh, our movements. So it's basically educational kinesiology. And the program's really neat. I highly recommend you like Google some fun stuff. Um, page 79 goes through more additional sequences. And 80 is arm, neck, and hands, legs, low back, hips, and hamstrings, neck and back combined. Even doing sun salutation like several times in a row really helps. Page 81, uh, dynamic body practice where you make it a little bit more intense and invigorating and even a standing sequence so you can figure out how to do the standing. Um, then from 82 to uh, to like 91 and all through the back, they're just different additional sequences. Um, and it goes, you can use props, weights, straps, hula hoops, uh, um, scarves, you know, there's so many different things, bandanas, and page 98 shows you that Qigong hand exercises, you're maintaining health by creating a state of mental and physical calmness, so it's written very tiny, but you can kind of see if you want to work on your immune system or your um, large intestine, what we did was actually not for your heart, it was for cold prevention and lung ailments. But there are lots of cool things that you can learn from Qigong. Uh, 99 is the five Tibetans. You could do the five Tibetans kind of seated, but the five Tibetans are these really interesting things. So I wrote them down for you. Um, they're very interesting to see how kind of like the Buddhist monks and nuns have used the you know because yoga is just dispersed into so many different lifestyles and traditions just to see how they have interpreted this i gave you a sequence for rise and shine morning stretch so that goes from 102 to 106 i gave you a way to figure out how to do on 107 days of the week activities and class themes 
Remember that your perfect sequence should include centering, uh, your introduction, centering, breath work, your postures, your, and then end with a breath work visualization, and stamp feet, shake out your body to conclude, and then everybody's really happy because you're putting positive messaging in. I was listening to this funny comedian on the Moth Radio Hour on NPR, and she was just like, she's like, probably my age, like, you know, like, and she was telling a joke, and she basically said, you know, I do yoga, I have to do yoga, it's really stupid, but I have to, because everybody does yoga, so you go to your yoga school, and you, they the teacher tells you to get a little mat, a little blankie, and a little bolster or a prop, and to lay down on the ground and think of a positive thought. She's like, what a fucking bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. What we are doing as we are bringing well-being interspersed with inspiring philosophy and positive messaging as we come to the mat. Okay? So, there. You're back in kindergarten. Uh, everybody needs to relax. Uh, and then I kind of break down all these areas and different ideas for how to target the body. I give you some themes on 109, and then it says you're awesome, thanks so much. And then it goes into uh, additional things about nadis, how cool they are, energy and chakras, alternate nostril breathing, and lines of communication within your body and what they represent. And... What I find is cool is when you get to those eliciting emotion body chart on page 120, how like our bodies really are an expression or our autobiography. And then there's this cool thing where it says evaluate Jessica <laughs> for feedback for yourself and for me and all that stuff. And then the end. So what I'd like to do, is that self-explanatory? I'm just cruising through it. That's like fun stuff to read. Well, well we might go back to that Nadi's idea because we might do some fun exercises um, in relation to that. But what I would like to do is to go back to page um, 13 in your manual. The importance of breath work and the benefits of yoga breathing kind of play along into the idea of meditation and how to create a meditation story and a body scan. Uh, do you have a, do you teach yoga at a studio? Yeah, I, I mean, I do, yes. I teach for different organizations. I used to teach all around town and teach like tons and tons of classes and then I started a home back in mm -hmm. and I do th more things like this and teacher training and um, education stuff. So I teach. And you can, just like all this information that you're going to be able to listen to our class on SoundCloud or your uh, podcast, I put all that stuff up there. And I feel very fortunate. I was asked to write a book, but there are also like book stuff that is online. So, but uh, I got asked to write a book with someone about yoga and anxiety for K through 8. Oh, that's so, so there's a publishing company um, in New York that um, I'm trying to get the chapters are approved, but the they want us to flesh out two chapters. So like the outlines approved. Yep. So everything you're learning here awesome. 
in really simple speak. It's going to be like looking at an Instagram post. It's going to just be really fun and not intense. Written for adults, but obviously to do with your little kiddos. Do you know when it's like what the target is for publishing? No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You keep starting and stopping and starting. No, no. I, I. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, the benefits of yoga breathing is what we're going to start off with on page 13. And it kind of talks about how um, our breath is the most profound tools of health, growth, and change. And one of my, like, my mentors when I was younger, uh, like, books, and um, this is pre-DVDs, uh, so it's like those eight tracks or whatever you call them that you put them in the JVC player. VHS, there you go, yeah. So VHS or, like, um, going to an Iyengar studio and uh, different, I'm a little bit, um, sometimes too joyful for an Iyengar teacher and in, you know, in the 90s. Uh, so, um, you know, I found, oh. found my own little path. What? I accidentally went to a class in the 90s and he made me cry. Yeah. So, it was horrible. Yeah, it's quite an experience, right? So um, what I found is that there's some really good writers out there and really good people. One of them now is one of my mentors. He writes great books. His name is um, Richard Freeman. And there's also this really awesome guy named uh, Jorg Furstein who passed away. But he is um, basically like um, like that. And he was one of the first like Iyengar yoga therapists, and he was prolific. Um, he always calls the breath the elixir, right? I think that's really cool because during college I was a bartender. And so I poured drinks. And now in life, I pour oxygen cocktails. So I feel like I'm still in the same industry, just a different uh, manifestation of it. But it is. The breath is the elixir. It's a powerful tool. We do it all the time. It boosts our immune system. It increases our energy and vitality. And Iyengar, um, in his book, Light on Yoga, talks about how yogis don't count the number of years in their life. They count the numbers of breath that they take. So I liked, Kate, when you checked in and you were like, you're only as young as your spine is flexible, right? And there's a famous yogi right now who's like super old. She was a dance instructor and then got into yoga. And now she's like, oh, right? And she looks like um, this lady who was an Iyengar teacher called Vanda Scaravalli. Did you ever hear of her? So Vanda was pretty cool. She started yoga late in life also, but she was really into Iyengar and she wrote some great books. In Iyengar's book, he really talks about we're all, our breath. If we can find the inner metronome, if we can find ourselves regulating, and this is me, kid speak, who lives longer, an elephant or a mouse? An elephant, <coughs> right? It's a little bit more slow, lethargic. The mouse has a really fast heart rate. It's kind of burning out its energy. But if we can find, like yogis did, and grow up to the sun and harness the pure potentiality of the breath and rise up like a mountain, we won't erode as fast, right? Now, there's lava and eruptions and, like, that seven-year cycle of when life sucks and you're going through a midlife crisis. But then there's also, like, the good stuff, right? The mountain never comes down if we really work with the breath and... Uh, create a rhythm or regular regulate ourselves and that's what sensory integration is all about so how many breaths do you think and there was a question there it's blank that we take in a day right. 
So according to Iyengar, it's 21,600 breaths. Now, yogic breaths? Yeah, human breaths. <laughs> well, yeah, probably yogic breaths. But it, what, what do you do when you're freaking out? Right, what do you do when you are pissed off? What do you do when someone cuts you off in traffic? What do you do when you're late and you're driving on ice? Right, what do you do when some family member does something to you and, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Our first reaction when we're anxious, stressed, or frustrated is to hold our breath. And what we're trying to do is to really regulate and create a rhythm so whether you're on the A sides or the B sides of your album, your music still stays steady and has a good rhythm and stays calm. That's our ultimate goal. So doing yogic breathing is a purposeful, um, conscious, active breath. It's a purposeful pause. We breathe in through the nostrils and out through the nostrils. And what you could say to a, like an adult in a class is inhale through the nostrils to kind of create space and exhale through the mouth to blow the clouds away. So space in our mind in the philosophy of yoga is called a blue sky mind or in Tibetan Buddhist meditation practices, Vipassana practices. So when you inhale, you're creating a blue sky mind and when you exhale, you're blowing the clouds away. So the exhale can be through the mouth if it's like you're blowing out a candle but it doesn't burn out. Does that make sense? So it's slow and steady but you're not going huh, like a huff and puff. But it's just keeping the candle lit but blowing all the way out. And in turn we start to find um, practices called pranayama practices. Prana meaning life force, energy, in here, it kind of talks about how pra means the smallest unit or the smallest atom. And yama is mastery, control in a good way, not control in a bad way, where you become the observer or the witness, and that's on page 15. But when we get these recuperative powers from our breath, we can heal anxiety, OCD, COPP, ADD, ADHD, asthma, diabetes, PTSD, and it normalizes our blood pressure. It alters our state of mind. So it really is an elixir. It really is like the best, cheapest drug that you'll ever have if you really can harness the pure potentiality of it. What I like on page 14 is that it's exchange of old air for new. So if you think of yogis to have visualizations of trees are a big thing, when you inhale, it's springtime, and when you exhale, it's a letting go, it's a dying off process, it's a purging, it's the fall, where the leaves fall from the trees, but then you inhale and oops, it starts again. And how awesome that we get to regenerate and renew ourselves every single moment if we live in a state of present moment awareness. So there's a saying in the beginning of the Yoga Sutras, Atta, A-T-H-A, Atta, now is the time. Every inhale is a new beginning. Every exhale, we allow ourselves to purge what no longer serves us, and every inhale, we begin again. Breath helps us with posture because it lightens our chest, literally. Lightens our weight off of our shoulders, literally, when you look at that eliciting emotions body chart. 
it's positive psychology because you're learning pragmatic resiliency training in time of stressful situations. It teaches optimism because you get a can-do can attitude. If I took, like, the neuroscience of brain plasticity is so cool right now, and there's so many interesting things happening with the study of the brain, but I'll just give you a really simple thing here, right? So if I shake up my shake-shake globe, this is what happens when I'm really pissed off. Uh, it's like when you're making coffee and you're in a press pot and it all goes and it twists around and spatters around and it's like a snow globe. And then all of a sudden you breathe and you don't turn it up and it finds calm in the center of the storm. Right? That's what we're trying to do and teach people. Another way of thinking of it is if I took my brain and took it out of my body, right, and this was my brain um, going into the spinal column, if I am going to flip my lid, it's because I'm in my amygdala, where I'm in my fight or flight, right? Um, and what I want to try to do is get up to the prefrontal cortex, as it says there, relax the amygdala and that reptilian animal brain state, which chills out, then we can find happiness, gratitude, and compassion in our lives. Which in turn, if we work from the prefrontal cortex, then all of a sudden we can concentrate better, we can focus better, we can be nicer humans. Um, it just goes on and on. But I'm preaching to the choir, so. Um, we're paying attention without judgment. So there's all these interesting things about breathing and fun little breathing practices. What I want to go to is page 16. Because um, this is really um, exciting. Take your um, napkin, Kleenex, whatever it's called. It's called something. Um, the Kleenex. Tissue. Tissue. Oh, yeah, Kleenex needs a trademark next to it. Um, so you take your tissue, and this goes back to breathing in through the nose or out through the mouth, and which one is it? Inhale, breathe in through the nose. Exhale through the mouth and make your tissue, which is now a curtain of your house, blow. Okay, inhale through the nose. Now exhale through the nostrils and make your curtain move. Try it again, inhale through the nose. Exhale through the nose. One more time, inhale, breathe in. Exhale. release. What did you notice? What did you observe? What did you feel from that? More movement with the mouth open. More movement of the curtain with your mouth open, right? Because you're just blowing out that hot air. Uh -huh. What did you notice when you're breathing in and out through your nostrils to your um, body? What did you observe? Lengthening. Lengthening. My belly got stronger. I get the diaphragm, if it's working properly, is massaging your internal organs. So if you're really breathing out through the nostrils, you're starting to cleanse mm -hmm. all those gunk and stuff that sticks inside of our body. Our ultimate goal is to breathe in and out through the nostrils for parasympathetic nervous system. And that's why we do that with our practice. But there's all kinds of different ways to do that. So the Kleenex is a great example to use with your students to help them kind of 
figure out how to um, uh, kind of breathe properly because they can see it. Mm -hmm. Another way is to imagine that your hand is a mirror and you're just fogging it up. So if you breathe out through the mouth, it fogs up faster than if you breathe out through the nose. How can you condition yourself to breathe through the nostrils to fog up your hand, right? So I use a lot of props, whatever age group I'm working with, it helps a lot. Um, another thing that's super fun is we're going to do Sitali um, with this, but you can use this as a, um, the straw and cotton ball, as you can make races, you can try and hold on to the straw and see how deep the cotton ball and put it at the end and see how, how long you can kind of hold it and inhale. But um, one thing is sitali, which is kind of like a cooling breath. And a lot of people, as they go through a change of life, they might overheat, right? So you inhale like you're sipping through a straw. And do you feel how cool it is? And then exhale through the mouth. I mean the nose, sorry. Inhale. Exhale through the nose. Inhale. And exhale through the nose. Very good. So it's cooling. Also helps with menopause. Um, then we've got um, different um, breath work things. Number five is what we did when we lifted our arms up, hands back through the heart. Um, there's that arm ex uh, experience where you're making the breath kind of be representative of your arms, like a balloon, inhaling to draw in goodness, exhaling to let go. Um, animal noises are fun, where you can um, like do lion's roar. So you can do animal noises with your um, crew, and you can have them stick out their tongue and roar like a lion. Right? Howl like a wolf. Ow! Hum and buzz like a bee. Right? What did you notice about those three examples? They all focus on the exhale. Yep, they all focus on that really awesome exhale. When you do all of those things, a lot of times, especially like roaring like a lion, it relaxes your jaw and gets the vagus nerve to kind of come into play. And laughing like a donkey, panting like a puppy, hissing like a snake. All of that stuff has an effect in your body. So there's some interesting things there. If you're into mantra practice, you can also do things like so hum. So hum on number 12 is, it means I am that. It's a lovely way to quiet the mind. So then you're inhaling so and you don't even have to say it out loud, but then you can exhale, hum, and then they get to hum. It's a beautiful sound. You can count the breath. You can do um, breath of fire, and when your arms are up like this, it's called ego eradicator. There's so many different things that you can kind of start to add into your breathing practice. And it's pretty awesome. And amazing. Uh, then we move on to the idea of uh, 
like a four-part breath. So I had you do the three-part <coughs> breath where you're inhaling belly, lungs, ribs, ribs, lungs, belly, that integral breath. But what if you said, put your hands on your tummy and breathe into your tummy, right? Put your hands on your back and breathe into your back. So it's, it's like literally you're feeling into the areas that you need to breathe into. Breathe into your chest. Breathe into your shoulders. The hardest thing to breathe into is the tummy, right? And what we're really trying to do is create this incredible breath awareness practice, which basically is hopefully in turn to relax the nervous system where your exhale is twice the length of your inhale. Super hard to do. Mm -hmm. And we can continue on, um, and we look into the idea of meditation on page 20. Meditation refers to a family of self-regulation practices that focus on training attention and awareness in order to bring mental processes under greater voluntary control and thereby foster general mental and well-being and development and or specific capabilities such as calm, clarity, and concentration. So that was from a research study by Walsh and Shapiro. There's so many different kinds of ways to visual do meditation, whether it's um, visualizing things, mantras, where you're maybe singing a song, and it could be any song, it's just a way to get that breathing practice in. You could say a positive aphorism. You could also do laughter practices where it's contagious, and a smile is the first path to empathy. So that's a really important thing to remember. So even if that lady told you to flip the bird, you know, or she was not nice, the fact that you were nice and compassionate, it is like a domino effect. And it's a, that really huge um, way to start to change the world. <coughs> Um, you could also do laughter, where you're doing, like there is laughter yoga, where you could take trainings for that, but you could also do something where you go, ha ha, he he, ho ho, hoo hoo, ha ha, oofta, eefta, eefta, because we do live in the Midwest, so. and then you just keep kind of going through that, ha ha, he he, ho ho, hoo hoo, ha ha, oofta, eefta, eefta. What I like too is mudras, um, just like that thing that we were doing, well, I thought it was for our heart, but chest and conge congestion, um, was that Qigong move, is that um, you can heal yourself with your hands because a mudra is just a gesture or a seal or a mystical position that influences your body-mind connection. So because it uh, creates a minute changes in the, not boy, but body, um, and energetic pulse centers in the hands that are triggering the healing, that correspond with body parts. So if you hold six to 10 minutes, it has a lasting effect in the body for six hours. Whereas a yoga move has a lasting effect in your central nervous system for like 24 hours. And then what I did is I put a chart in here where it was like, it was based, you could have someone do it where it's like they don't know what they're doing and you could do a color and the hand symbol. Um, so you could say, um, you know, we're working on our root, which is red. And you don't really have to tell them what it is, but you can kind of 
um, make it enticing for them to learn about it. And sitting and breathing and holding a mudra is profoundly effective. It's neat too because our elements are in our hands and the pinky is water, the ring finger is earth, the middle finger is space, the pointer finger is air, and the thumb is fire. So each one as they work together has a kind of mm, effect energetically and um, with the elements of the earth. I also put on 22 and 23 how to create your own meditation story. So happiness is our birthright, and through visualization and storytelling, we can offer a person some peace, a peaceful place to go to to get rid of the fears and challenges. And when we do relaxation or visualization practices, they're really awesome tools to enhance the aspects of your life. And then it allows you to be more creative, feel centered, um, and harness your excess energy. Einstein was really huge into um, daydreaming and creativity process of daydreaming to come up with new ways to see the world and come up with great ideas. Um, it gives you some themes to use. Page 24 and 25 is a body scan, how to set it up. Um, it's also sometimes called a yoga nidra. For yogis, we call that, it's like yoga sleep. So you're going through and um, setting up 24 and 25, literally, it goes through all the different phases. And I gave you on 26 a chair yoga body scan. Fun. The two things that I haven't reviewed here with you all are the... Um, I have some essential oils. Aromatherapy is really huge. So what I thought would be kind of neat is to do a mindfulness practice where we're literally, all we're doing is um, being quiet. And uh, what I would have people do is their chairs are close enough together in their circle that if I reach something out, you could grab it, right? And so your eyes are closed. You're focused at one spot in the center of the circle. And with your inhale, you're just breathing in. And exhaling out on the exhale. You're just finding calm. As this is passed around, no one can talk. No one can giggle. No one can look at someone else. And what happens is people get really, because they're anticipating something happening, they, like, um, stop breathing. So our, all we're doing is breathing. And it's a sensory practice to just um, smell. It's a nice meditation.
what do you experience through that quiet time? Yes. So then the next so thing, my brain went, yeah. my brain started, oh, working, started thinking about what it was. Oh, was the sense. Oh, so it took me out of the, I really had to focus back on just coming out of the head and not try to get caught up in Funny. was it clove or myrrh? Right, so you were in your left brain. What was it? Instead of just being like. <laughs> so then your question to the group would be like, did that make you feel uplifted? Did it make yes. you feel relaxed? Mm -hmm. You know, all of those good things. It was clove. Uh, so lavender or like lemon, that zesty stuff, you know, uh, le lemon brings you up, lavender kind of evens you out, um, clove is very grounding. So things that really, different ways to tap into your clients or your residents or your students' way of being so that they can find different tools to calm down. That works really well. Yeah. And then the other tool that I have, and this is super fun, but as I said before, this used to be like little jelly-ish, and now it's, I put another ball within the ball, but you play um, silent. Um, uh, you know, like dodgeball as a kid? Okay, but you play as adults, um, and you play either catch, so that you work on that hand-eye coordination, but it can be used as a meditation Woo! technique. So all I'm going to do is take, and we're really quiet. You can't laugh. You can't anticipate it. And you can throw it anywhere. So we'll have a little time out for a second. So what happens is, is that who was holding their breath because they were anticipating it? Yeah. I wasn't anticipating it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just really interesting to see, like, what happens with people and how they um, react to it. But it's a great quiet practice. It's a great practice in paying attention. It's a really fun way to find ease. If you're working with a group of individuals who can't do it, it's a great way to make contact so that I can just stand there and we can play catch and I can talk about their day or how they're doing and it's just a good way to uh, uh, engage one-on-one -on -one with an individual. Uh, the final thing that I have are um, balloons. <laughs> but uh, you can sit in the chair and what I really wanted to kind of show you this can be used as a mindfulness practice and a breath awareness practice it's really interesting when we breathe how um, we don't see the entire circumference of our being right when we look in a mirror what are you looking at right when you are leaving to go out you don't turn around and be like that, right? No. 
So um, what we want to do is, just like Brene Brown, we want to live wholeheartedly. And in order to live wholeheartedly, we have to breathe into every facet of our being. So your inhales are nice and normal and spacious, and then your exhales, you're blowing up the balloon. And then let it fart. <laughs> right? Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, blow up the balloon. And let it fart. Inhale, breathe in. Exhale, blow up your balloon. So it's giving and creating the kumbhaka. That makes sense? So all of a sudden you have been inhaling and then you exhale and that space between starts to really help with the breath ratio practices. Um, it's also kind of fun. It makes you laugh. It makes you feel like you can kind of um, continue to uh, not take things so seriously. So it creates a different sensation in the room and a different vibration in the room also because people aren't so stuck in their heads. Um, make sure you get balloons that are real balloons <laughs> and not water balloons because they're harder to blow up, uh, especially when you're working in nursing homes. It has to be easy. And the final visualization exercise I want to share with you is to um, show you this Zenergy Chime. Does anybody use this? Okay. I really like this energy chime. It's like something that we use like with kids often, but it's great for adults because it's a mindfulness practice of paying attention. So I have them take and bring one hand to their tummy, one hand to their heart, and we start to focus on the breathing, right? That three-part breath. But then you can add in this idea of, okay, so now we have this chime that makes noise and what I want you to do is, as you're listening to the breath, also listen to the chime. Only raise your hand when you don't hear the chime anymore. Okay? Ready, set, Oh, it's closest to it, so I'm like a dog. I can still hear it. <laughs> but interesting, yes. Mm -hmm. The other thing to do is when one hand's to the tummy and one hand's to the heart, you can also say, how many breaths did you take till you couldn't hear it anymore? So then you use it in two different kind of formats. And it's a Zenergy chime. Uh... Now, what I would like to do is I would like to have um, us, before we finish up, I would love to um, uh, have us do a partner stretching exercise because you all look like your eyes are like super heavy and you're just not ready to go out and greet the end of the day.
Sound good? Okay, so now I'm going to ask if you will please bring one hand to your tummy and one hand to your heart. And we did that awesome kind of like partner stuff to stretch out a little bit and get a little bit more grounded since it's that time of the day. But feel yourself coming back to um, your intention. Bring yourself back to how you wanted to show up for this workshop and what you needed at this moment. As you bring your attention to the experience, really notice everything you did, whether you touched upon your subject or not, was exactly what you needed, right here and right now. That svadhyaya, that self-study, where you kindly attended to this moment, to be with yourself fully, Inhaling and exhaling, your belly, your lungs, and your ribs, your ribs, your lungs, and your belly. You were able to tap into your elixir of life. You were able to get your superhuman machine to contribute to the wholeness of your well-being. And you were here today, kindly attending to the moment to be with yourself, present, here, for yourself, to broaden your horizons. Khalil Gibran stated in a poem that the teacher who is indeed wise does not bid you to enter the house of their wisdom, but rather leads you to the threshold of your mind. It's really an honor and privilege to be able to share this powerful information with you. I hope that this manual will be an incredible tool for you to use to teach the joy of physical activity and wellness, to share your light and your knowledge with every single person that you come in contact with. In some ways, this day has opened the doors for you. And this practice, this strong spirits, mindfulness and movement program is yours to share to teach with integrity, compassion, and passion so that you, like I, can really allow your pleasures in educating and guiding people to just share the breathing so that people can find joyful insight. Remember that there's a song by Simon and Garfunkel that stated, slow down, you move too fast. You gotta make the moments last. Take time to breathe and to be, and to create space so you can be present to yourself and for yourself. And you can contribute to the wholeness and well-being of yourself and others in thought in speech and in action the merits of your practice can benefit all beings once again listening to the breath feel that power feel the pure potentiality as you've created a new opportunity 
for well-being. And then feel every part of your body smiling. Hmm. Take a big inhale through the nostrils, a big exhale through the mouth. Begin to take your hands and bring them in front of your heart to just seal that intention. And rub your palms together as fast, as fast, as fast as you can. Mm, take the warmth of your hands over your closed eyes. So that as you open your eyes, you see a whole new moment. A whole new, fresh perspective with your strong spirit. As we turn to our new friends. And we say, Namaste, like a rolling wave. So, before you all receive your certificates, let's all take a moment to share and say one thing that you feel you would like to share with the group about your experience or a word that describes the day or all of that. Freedom. to look at ourselves and pat ourselves on the back, right? <laughs> good job. And then, very good. Very good. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <clears throat>